0: This episode brought to you by BRE Promotions. Whether you're just starting out or evolving your brand, BRE Promotions offers you expertly crafted disruptions that'll take you to the next level. BRE Promotions, we make your business shine. Visit us at BRE to schedule your free consultation. No boomy.
1: Hi, this is Cisco. I'm the host of Journey Through the Gate Paranormal Portal Podcast, and you are getting ready to listen to Nobo Bo Boomy with my crazy, strange, and absolutely wild friend, Brian Bowden.
2: Hi, this is Steve Stockton, author of Strange Things in the Woods, More Strange Things in the Woods and My Strange World, and you're listening to Nobo Bumi Boomy with Brian Bowden.
0: Hello, cool goblins, ghosts, friends, family. Welcome to another edition of No Bobo Me, where we're going to go deep inside the goblin universe with none other than me and my special guests tonight. We've got a duo, a dynamic duo. Um, it's I'm looking very much to this episode. It's going to be a little bit all over, but uh, we're going to introduce you to them first. We're going to have a podcast hoster paranormal guru in my book and all-around wonderful friend. We have Cisco Murdoch on here and we also have another her co-author and friend and 35 years worth of, of investigation of the strange and paranormal Steve Stockton. So Cisco and Steve welcome to Nobo Nobobumi. How are you both tonight?
1: All right. Thanks for having us on, man. we good. good we're glad right. to be here.
0: Glad to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we were date. able to start this with the pre-show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, I've already
1: drank six beers and talked till my throat is sore here. So,
0: <laughs> yep. We got some good stuff in the
1: Let's beginning. Get ready for a nap now?
0: Yeah, I, I think. So. <laughs> Thank you. Good night, everybody.
1: <laughs> hey, good night. Thank you for having us on. Well, yeah, we're looking good and forward to this, man. It's just, you know. You, you're not only a friend, but you're somebody I, I, I look up to. As far as you know, all your different—you've um, got so many different categories that I can tap you on and go, "Hey, man, what do you think about this?" Hey, you know, what do you think about that? And we've had some great conversation over. I guess it's what only been about a year, right?
0: Yeah, Bye. it's just it's just a year, and I do appreciate it and I, I I think very highly of you as well. Of one of the in people that you can actually talk to and have a conversation with. Um, we have a, we have a good group that we've all yeah. kind of come together. It's it's really, it's very interesting. Um, thanks to Ducky and, and, and everybody, but it's yeah. just like, and you can talk to yeah. everybody, but there's certain things that you and I could talk to that no one else is yeah. gonna care about, yeah. but are so major league yeah. important, it's beyond belief. And from exactly. what I understand, when I when I you know, when I'm listening when I listen to Cisco, Steve, I I, I feel that we're all gonna get along swimmingly tonight.
2: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Let's go. Soraya Ascath put us together. We talked offline. He's got like I got this person you gotta talk to. We talked for hours, first phone call. And it was literally like finding a lost relative or a best friend that I hadn't hadn't seen in years. So yeah, we just we hit it off immediately and uh, gaba gaba hey you're you're one of us Brian so
0: thank you um, it's good to be part of the club and I guess I'll have to buy the first round when we meet in person <laughs> so so one of the good things
1: like-minded you know like-minded it, it's hard you know
0: it's 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 uh, you know I was honored to to be able to help you out if I if you know if and when I helped out with whatever I do for you Cisco mm-hmm. um, this is what I do and. Uh, contrary to popular opinion, I'm actually a really nice person until you piss me off um, and then other than that, but i you know I just feel that the like being a like person like you're saying we we have a like mind we're on the, we're on a similar path, and I don't think uh anything is coincidence i think we we were we were destined to all of us were destined to be together not necessarily on this podcast but we were supposed to meet so mm-hmm. I think that's how it works
1: and if this you know podcasting brought us together, you know. Who are we to turn us under? You know, I mean, it's great. I mean, we say that, and the listeners are all rolling their eyes and stuff like that, but it's absolutely true. When you think about how, when you sit down and uh, you know, you're at work and you're in the lunchroom and you see somebody reading a book that has something about, you know, haunted houses or something, and you walk in and go, oh, you know, that person, you know, I can talk to this <laughs> They thing understand. Me, you know, maybe I can let, let me just kind of ease in over here and see, you know, what they think about it, you know. Uh, a little out of time because that's the way this subject has always been. And it's not so much now. But you know, in and, and Stephen and my lifetime, we've watched it and I'm sure you have too, Brian. It's gone from hush hush to Man, I had an orb go through my kitchen today, it was amazing. You know, I mean it's like one eighty. Yeah, and now we're almost bombarded with so much information. It's just like everything else, you know. What's what's you know what's CG? What's real? What's a fake?
2: New, new yes. golden age of the paranormal. Amazing. Yes. You know, Amazing. It,
0: you know it, it is a golden age because it's been so opened up to a lot of people. Um, there's no longer <laughs> like, "Where's your tinfoil hat?" or "What have you smoked?" <laughs> what, hey, son, what have you been smoking lately? Still hear lately?
1: that occasionally,
0: but <laughs> not have Yeah, have you been to <laughs> Colorado? <laughs>
1: In some courses, I mean, you couldn't just walk into like a PTA meeting and start, you know, talking about your dead aunt Sally. You know, wash your dishes last <laughs> night or something, because yeah. you're gonna get. Hurt. But you know, I'll tell you what will happen though after the meeting you might have a couple people come up to you and go oh, I don't believe in ghosts but there was this one time yep you know and then you'll have to always
2: live- hear that I don't believe it but one time this happened and like well there you go you yeah, had an yeah. experience
1: it's a little bit more it's a little bit more talked about you know and I think in a lot of everybody's in it for a different um, uh, reason, you know, whether that be they had their own experience or they're just interested in, you know, this over here and it brought them over here, you know, all those different things, but we've all got something in our past that started it for one reason. I think, you know, when Steve and I got together, we've been on multiple podcasts, we've done multiple, you know, talking, we've been friends for years um, and he you know, his books are fantastic. And he basically gathers you know, the first couple ones, he was gathering stories to retell them so they wouldn't die, you know, and be lost forever. And that's what got him started. And that's kind of what he used on me when he was telling me after being on so many podcasts and talking about stuff so much, you know, our personal experiences, he said, you got to write these down. and i I tossed that idea around for a long time because, you know, for years, I'd listened to people coming on, Radio shows or whatever talking about it and they'd be like, well, buy the book. I never wanted to be that person but Do you know what I mean? Because for, yeah. for several reasons, not because uh, it, You know, it might be obnoxious right I don't mean it that way. What I mean is The minute they say buy the book to get the experience You're wondering if the experience was real or they just try to sell the book In my head and I kind of wanted to write the book for the opposite reason. Okay. These experiences were real. So I sat myself down and I said, okay, I have to go now go back and remember exactly how it sounded. Was there a taste? Was there a smell? Was there a crackling? Was there the light get bigger? How did it look? Because I said, if I'm doing this, it has to be as accurate as my memory will allow. Because I want people to be able to take their own experiences and match them up. Yes, that's the way it happened. That's the way it sounded. Maybe remind them of something that happened in their own experience so they can kind of match it up. And then look at it from a lot of different vantage points and then say, what do you think happened here? You know, that's yeah. the way I try to approach it. And, and Steve, I asked Steve to come along. And it's kind of cool because tell them what you did, Steve. I'm basically the the paranormal color
2: commentator she did the heavy lifting and then I'd come along behind her in each chapter and write a little bit of something and I had to really rein myself in because I'm a raconteur I love to tell stories I love to talk and write and there was times though that when I just I really limited myself because just what she had written was so powerful and and the, the description stuff. I mean, you are there. She's like the Zane Grey of the paranormal. If you've ever read a Zane Grey Western, oh, he yeah. talks about a rock and a cactus in a canyon. Those are real places that he was writing about. Same thing with her. You get the smells. You get the sounds. You get the the ambiance. You know, if it's in a bar, you're, you're in that bar. And it's just it was amazing and just I'd hear telling these stories and I'm like you gotta write these down you gotta write these down and finally she's like okay well I'm gonna do a book but you're coming with me so that was why I agreed to (laughs) do a commentary on each
0: chapter you're writing shotgun
1: (laughs) (laughs) it turned out okay and it's you know what I mean it's different and I really like the way he came in behind it and you know maybe it reminded maybe it reminded him of a story it's like a combo you know it might have reminded him of a story or maybe he had a similar experience or maybe he just had some kind of you know thoughts on that particular type of uh, experience or or, uh, event so it was just really neat and I didn't even look at what he was writing either we did it blind right so I didn't change anything you know he kept telling me change it if you I'm like I'm not touching a word of it you know (laughs) It stays as it lays, man. I think it really turned out good.
0: I I think it turned out great. I mean, uh, uh, I'm I'm thankful to get a little bit of an advanced copy. Um, I got a little bit of an advanced copy on my own, a sample prior to getting the advanced copy, and it's one of those Kindle samples, which left me riveted and wanting to learn more, (laughs) Um, and we'll get into that in a second, but I definitely wanted to compliment both of you on the writing style. It is beautifully written, and it's so descriptive. I wanted a piece of that pecan pie that we were talking about the first chapter.
3: <laughs> yep. I haven't I, had it. You know, since.
0: you know, everything your 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 descriptive gift is amazing. You can smell the the cornfield. I mean, I I look. I was look, looking out that window. And I was seeing the corn, and I know that eerie feeling. And you just set the mood. And, and Steve, you did, you know, it's it's a perfect color commentary. The only thing missing was, like, you know, like the little whiteboard. Like, well, Cisco wants to go to the cornfield over here. She's going to have to bypass by the guy with the chainsaw, and they come right down the main road. You know? i <laughs> see that again in slow mo. Yes. That's where he made his mistake, his first mistake.
1: Well, that's the greatest compliment you can have. If you take somebody there into your story, you know, I mean, and that comes a little bit from my Native American background, which, you know, Brian, you and I have talked out about oh, yeah. at great lengths. And Steve and I as well, because Steve has also got a Native background. And, you know, everybody can say that, you know, oh, I got Native blood or I got this. It's, it's, it's not the the way of life. You know, it's like, what do you take into your day that's Native? How do you approach things? You know, how do you go about things? And one of the greatest, um, most revered uh, people in um, in a village setting is the storyteller, because that's their legacy. That's how, you know, they almost talk in a, like a parable type way. Um, if you've ever heard any Native American stories, there's always multiple meanings and several layers. And it's... You know, that person is just held in high regard because you're going to sit around those campfires and you're going to teach the children morals. You're going to teach them lessons, life lessons. And, you know, a lot of my elders would always say within your question is the answer. You know, so you try to approach things like that, too. So if you're going to sit down to tell a story, you tell a story.
0: Yeah. You know, it sounds like the, your elders were lawyers, too, because it's, it's always <laughs> like, they, hey, you want to go to a movie? do you want to go to a movie? It's like, uh, yeah, I wanted to. That's why I'm asking you. So do you want to, go? um, but what I like about what I love about the history of, of the native peoples is the fact that they the storytelling. It is word of mouth. It is mm-hmm. mouth to ear and you have to retain this. Unfortunately, as of last 20, 30 years, um, that tradition kind of like started going away. A lot of the elders were passing away, and these legends and legacies and and law were just going away to the wayside. I'm thankful that a a, a bunch of people are now picking it back up and doing that. One being yourself with these books, you both of you actually. That's it's a form of storytelling, but I love that 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 old time. You know, my grandfather told me a story or. I remember this time or that time. People don't do that anymore. They get that thirty seconds on YouTube and you know, and then they judging you on that. They really need to open their ears to to listen.
2: Nice clear sound bites to go by and you can't get that much into that. And like just about all the stories in my first book every one of those people that told me those stories has passed on and you know this that's their legacy that lives on and a lot of times it wasn't easy to get stories out of some of those older people i mean we're talking hardcore appalachia here and i've I've left the vernacular in there and the the slang and stuff that they use and i I like the authenticity that that gives it but it's just it's it's a lost art you don't I mean, they have like storyteller convention stuff. I went to Jonesboro, Tennessee one time to a storyteller convention. I was amazing. I had these people get up there and tell. And like you were saying, some of those Native American legends and things it's like Bible stories I mean there's types and shadows and parables and you can take it literally or figuratively or it's a metaphor for this it's it's really amazing there's so many levels there and when you start studying those and getting into them it's it's astounding the amount of information that was passed in those
0: made of stories 100% and what's great i mean like if if you know when you when you were able to get one on one with some of these storytellers and you finally were given i guess they they trusted you enough to with the story to partake you know in in that whole the tale um, you can't you know it depending on how you think you can ask them questions based on it what i loved about it it kind of brought back a little bit and i wasn't around that era but I, um, I remember hearing stories from my grandparents and my, and my father about the radio days when mm-hmm. you didn't watch TV. You sat around and you listened to the, you know, only the shadow knows. Yep. Right? This is huge for podcasting right now. This is why Cisco's, you know, I love the way you do your, your show, Cisco. It's very relaxed. It's, it's I mean, Thank it's you. intense and, uh-huh. and you, you definitely know what you know and, and more. But it's the way you've, I, I guess it's called the phrasing. Um, I asked a question once to my father like what's so great about Frank Sinatra and that and I I still don't think it's great and he says it's not necessarily his singing but it's his phrasing and with these stories that you both tell and you've you've phrased it out on paper um, if you're smart enough uh, of a reader you kind of can hear a little voice telling it to you while you're reading and Mm -hmm. it's the it's the color and the phrasing in it that just gives it that extra you know touch that's like wow this is so powerful.
1: That's what I wanted, man. And it's just, it, it It just, I don't want to get all gushy here because you know me, I'm just fragile flower and all. But,
0: um, <laughs> just a little but,
1: bit. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I'm just, you know, but, uh, that's what I wanted. I mean, I started it from the for, the Ford, dear reader, you know, because if you've come that far and you've opened the cover, you get past the dedication, you know, um, the reader's even in my dedication because it means that much to me if, and I'll tell you why, I mean, this is going to sound real corny, but I can remember being 12 years old. It was probably the, the summer after my mom died and I got myself a job down, uh, Belmar, uh, on the shore. I mean, on the shore, on the boardwalk. Uh, Jersey Shore, yes, and um, I was I was working at a bakery, Friedman's. It's a it's a brewery now, but uh, you know I had to wear a little white dress and a little white stock, a little white shoes. The whole, I mean, bakery, okay. Right. And I used to ride my bike, and the only thing I wanted to do you know really looked forward to was getting books with my money you know after I took care of everything else I had to get There was a little used bookstore right across from the bakery I used to go in so if you you got five books and you read five paperbacks in a week or whatever you go turn them in you get credits for it you get more plus you had a little money you know so I was I was then looking for answers and you know, libraries, whatever, you'd be surprised. I've told the story multiple times as a kid going into the new library in town after we moved and asking for real ghost stories and the librarian told me there are no real ghost stories. I mean, we've really gone from that time, you know, uh, where you're just still searching, you know, it's just that subject. And I walked into this um, used bookstore and I looked up, and I'm going over the stuff, and uh, I knew where to go. and I'm familiar with the section. I look up, and I see this one. It says, Ghost Hunter, Hans Holzler. And I'm like, what's this? I pull it out, and I look, and I read the back, and I'm like, what? This is amazing. This is what I've been looking for, you know? <laughs> and then right next to it's another one, you know, by Hans Holzler. And I think there was three of them, and I got them all, and I devoured those books. And I never turned those in for the credit. I kept them. You know and that meant something back then you know and hans went about ghost hunting and i think that really hit my heart because my early experiences my very first one that i, I can really remember was uh the revolutionary war um, soldier that haunted the farmhouse that i lived in as a child and i always wanted to help him um I felt opposite as everybody else. You know, um, you know, most people would be scared or whatever. But I never got as angry as he appeared. I never got that anger from him. I got fear. I got I'm scared. I need help, and I think I've been trying to help ever since. And Hans went in there to help. You know, in his scientific way, he was very one on one. You know, he always used a trans medium. I don't, you know, many readers or listeners now to your program, if you're not familiar with Hans, please, please go back and read some of those books. Uh, amazing man. And he just had this Austrian kind of presence where he'd go in there and he would just talk to the trans medium. The trans medium would pick up on the spirit and he would start talking to the ghost. And it's like, okay, why are you here? Do you realize you're dead? What is, you know, what happened? Tell me your story, you know, and, and he would basically tell them, you have a choice. You don't have to stay here. You can cross over. You can, you know, you can go. And he just had this presence about him and just, just this matter of fact way of dealing. But it was also helping. And he honestly... Up, I also picked up from him that he cared more about his, the, the ghost in the house than he really did about the people, you know, so much yep. in the house oh, because he figured, he figured if I take care of this problem, it's going to take care of yours. You go off and stay out <laughs> of the way. <laughs> I'm dealing with this, and I loved that about him. And it, I think that's that's kind of my approach to the whole thing. Well, it's, you know it's, what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I, I I like that approach. Actually, I was talking to I'm um, friendly with uh, Hans's daughter. And um, uh-huh. if you want to run okay. the show, I can disconnect you guys. Um, yeah. We we met up at uh, Pine Bush. We were, we were the ones that started the Paranormal Center for Pine Bush UFO mm-hmm. Festival, and um, he pre- he is without a doubt the the grandfather, the guru, mm-hmm. the guy that started all this off. Um, yeah, he really was the guy, and yeah. he doesn't get enough credit when he should Ooh. get a ton of it.
1: Absolutely, my first show. My first episode of Journey Through the Gate is dedicated to Hans Holzer and I tell why and I put in there at the end you know um one of his stories about the um the morris Jamel mansion. And um you know it was like he was doing um paranormal crime scene investigation kind of stuff before all these other people were doing it even from the ghosts oh, yeah. you know. It was just amazing amazing uh you know, amount of work. And uh, and I've actually talked to Alexandra. Yes, uh, her and did. I have a secret episode. It was my third episode that I <laughs> recorded. I've had it on the wrong mic and I got absolutely nothing. So
3: oh, <laughs> I lost that
1: whole thing. True. Yeah. True. I uh, called her and she was real cool about it. We're, you know, we want to do another one. But uh, that was the whole thing. It's just It was dedicated to him and it was just, uh, yeah, just an amazing man. So I wanted. You know, going back to the whole reason I told the story was searching for that information. You know, I've had this experience. What the heck is going on? You know, and if oh, yeah. if my book, if our book can, you know, clear some of that up. You know, here's a couple of different things that have happened. You know, is yours like this? Maybe, you know, this will give you, you know, a springboard to go into another, uh, to get more information about this particular type of um, experience because there's so many different kinds. Everybody wants to put these things in a file cabinet and it's one of the hardest things to do. You know, it's little labels. It's hard.
0: Well, with 35 years of, of investigative research, uh, Steve, uh, of the unexplained, you know, probably from both coasts, I mean, can you classify anything at this point? Or do you like say, Well that, those are usually this and that's like like a residual I mean, we we know what the, the terms of residual haunting, active haunting, it's a, but the, do you have do you have a classification system in your experience?
2: Not really. It's like Cisco said there's there's so many nuances and facets there. It's Sometimes it'll be more of one thing than the other, but I've read about cases and I've looked into some cases that were more residual than active and so forth. But it's hard to really classify or pigeonhole anything. It's like Charles Fort said, one measures a circle beginning anywhere, and that's kind of the way it is with the the paranormal. You You can approach it from any angle and different people can get different results but it's still all kind of the same thing and then Cisco's got a great analogy of a uh, paranormal being like a big onion you know you peel off a layer yep. and there's another layer and then uh, Soraya Ascath likened it to uh, a big puzzle that you're trying to put together you don't know how many pieces there are you don't know which pieces you've got and there's no box with a photo on it to show you even what you're trying to put together mm-hmm. and Cisco and I have talked about this extensively, the fun is in the chase, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. answers, because usually anything, any question that you're chasing, it'll lead to more questions, Mm -hmm. and that's the the thing, that's the, the, it becomes fun when you realize there are no answers, no easy ones anyway, and just take it at that, and then it's like The thrill is in the hunt.
0: Oh, yeah. You you know, it was funny when you said the layer, Cisco, onions, and, you know, Mm -hmm. the puzzle and the circle. I consider it like marriage. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you how. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you you fall in love with this thing because of its unusualness. And then sometimes it really pisses you the fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And then at other times... you have makeup sex, and you're like, "Holy crap! I can't believe I caught that EVP." I mean, it's just like it, it's it's a very bizarre way of saying it. But someone asked me that once, and I'm like, "It's like marriage," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Some people can yeah. relate to it because you know what? Not everything's the same. The, here's the problem: um, through investigative, you know, the things that we do, you know, you do the the pre uh questionnaire for these people and usually usually al the guy I found in our group he goes yeah this guy has demons or whatever it goes and then somehow down the line your gut starts working right you know your spidey sense and i'm like nah something's not right about this and then you find out the person's taking lithium yeah <laughs> or you and 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 i just want to i want to put a caveat there not everybody that's taking these psychotropic drugs are actually having delusions there are people that actually are having these experiences. But there are so few and far in between, it's it's mm-hmm. scary. So you still have to give a little bit more of credit, try to get them help. But I, I was just wondering if there was a classification. Everybody's trying to find that string theory or that universal theory for ghosts. But, yeah. um, if, if well, see, so that's it.
1: it. It just depends, Brian, it just depends on who you're talking to because I can be perfectly comfortable with saying that I saw my mother would come to visit me and sit on my bed or stand in my room, or sit in the chair for months after she died. I know it. And then you have somebody that says, well, what if it was just your hallucination that you missed her so bad, you manifested it, and, you know, this and that. And I'm like, well, my cats are. Yep. Is my cat having the same hallucination I am? And, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It depends on the convo, and it depends on who you're talking to. And then you'll have... Uh, people that you're talking to, and you know, you'll say, "Okay, well, I had my aunt Sadie came and talked to me last night, and she told me where the will was hidden, and I went and looked, and there it was." Yep. And then yep. you've got that person that said, "Well, that was a demon," and I'm like <sighs> sitting here going, "Why would a demon want me to have the will?" Right. You know, I mean, I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and you can't, you can't take somebody's beliefs and poo poo them. And you can't change them. I'm not here to change anybody's mind. Right. You know. And But on the same level. You're probably not going to change mine either. I'm, I'm extremely open minded. In many things. However. I have spent. And if you go back to the first. Experience that I can fully remember. And know that it happened. We're going back 50 years. Yep. 50 years. And. You're going to have to take more than five minutes to tell me that everything that I have very carefully put together, all of my data for 50 years, is completely wrong. Yep. You're going to have to come up with that last five-minute forensic files show. Yep. And the murderer is, yeah. To show me that everything that I've had you know all this time and spent all this time very carefully going over because it it, you know what it didn't matter to me at the time if my mom that's great you know it wasn't really a fantastic experience for me it didn't bring me comfort it brought me pain and sorrow because i didn't feel okay she's here i feel better now that's not the way it worked for me so it wasn't do you you understand what i'm saying you're gonna have to come up with some heavy duty stuff to, to convince me that what I already feel like I know that I know
0: is
2: Yeah, my experience is kind of the same it'll be 50 years this year since my very first paranormal experience I was 6 years old saw a full body apparition I talk about it in my book but it's like if you burn your hand on the stove eye for example and then have somebody come and say oh well that's not hot that didn't really happen it didn't burn you yeah. Like, yeah, I did. Look at my fingers. You know, so it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> well, you yeah. can't you discount know, somebody's experience that you didn't experience.
0: Right. It, it's it. What, what what happens is, I don't know, Steve, how how many family members you have. I know, Cisco you have a bunch of brothers, uh, you know, and uh, a bunch of sisters. But you know, um, even in families, this happens. Like, you know, like it happened to me. Uh, I have an older and younger brother. They weren't beaten like I was, <laughs> you know, I they didn't get it, you know, because I, I, I had to take care of the baby and I couldn't touch the older and whatever, you know, the mood was. And then you discuss this with them and they're like, oh, that didn't happen. You just you just angry at your mother or whatever." I'm like, no. Um I, I, I mean we didn't have video back then, but those five fingers are my back many times, you know. It's like, hey, can I have some orange juice? Smack. You know, it's like what? <laughs> um,
1: what's yeah. it? So I mean that's just it. It's very hard to get into somebody else's experience and tell them that everything they think is wrong. The best thing that you can do is listen to their experience and then you know, with an open mind and like elders have told me before and I say this also in the book probably more than once run it through your mind run it through your heart and then do it again so you're watching this it's like it's like um talking to a a victim of some kind of abuse or um you know some kind of horrific thing happened to this person you tell by body language you tell by the way that they speak the way they hold their their you know all the micro expressions on their face the way that they recall things if if nothing else you can tell that they believe that they've had this experience because yes. everything the body is saying so i mean i'm you know I've done stupid things, but I've never been stupid.
3: <laughs> like, I, can, I can
1: look at these people and I can tell this because I've had to do multiple things in my life. I mean, I'm not one of those people who you know grew up in the same house with the same people, went to school, right. went to college, got a job, stayed in the same job for 30 years. I've, I've held multiple jobs and it was never because I couldn't do the job. It was because I had to add on another or do the next thing or go to the next place. I had two kids to feed and I was a single mom. You know, right. so you're up there in the public and you're meeting public, you know, as a bartender, you meet people, you know, where do you meet people? And, you know, I've been to construction, I've done floral design, I've done all these different things. I've been out in the public and I've lived life and I paid attention, you know.
0: That's the and key right there. It is. That is the key. paying attention. People, like, <laughs> I, I can, when I used to talk to friends, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when I used to talk to friends, I would say, oh, what, what are you doing in the kitchen? They're like, how did you know I was in the kitchen? If you yeah. pay attention and you just listen <laughs> and if you just watch, it's not being busybody or trying to get in anybody's business. It's just you have this ability to pay attention and get the details the proper way. Most people don't do that. And, no. you, and you're also considerate. You're sensitive enough on the consideration factor. You know, To, to <laughs> just, I, I try to tell people all the time, and I'm trying to tell my kids this. I'm like,
2: I, I, I try to tell my
0: wife the same thing. It's like, just because you can do it doesn't mean that everybody can do it. And no it doesn't mean that everybody can do it your way. Some people mm-hmm. just don't operate that way.
2: Yep. And you've got to and you've just got because to just, you can't do it doesn't mean that person can't right. and,
1: and so if you're have set, that consideration. You're set, you're set, and you guys both are. You know, we've we you know, our six whatever you want to call it, sixth sense, intuition, division, gut instinct, whatever you want to call it. Everybody's got it. You know, I and I tell people all the all the time too, it's like, you know, I, I'm I'm surrounded by, I don't know, five, six keyboards right now. I could no more play you know, a a song on the keyboard. I mean, I've tried, you know, over time looking at music and practicing. I can can put out something that sounds like a song. I'm a guitar player. I'm a singer. Right. But, you know, but we have, everybody's got an ability to do something, you know, and it's all in how you exercise it and and the gift you were given and how you want to use it and how much you pay attention to it. I mean, you know, everybody's had that feeling of, you know, thinking of a song and having it come on. You know, synchronicity. Oh yeah. Of oh, yeah. a person, and then they call, or don't get on that elevator. Well, see, the thing about that stuff is, that's a kicker. In that is, if you don't get on the elevator and you walk away, you don't know if something would have happened. Right. Unless you're lucky enough to hear the elevator fell. Or, you if, know, somebody on the elevator got killed right after you or something. Then you go, oh, now I know why. But the chances of that happening are even slimmer than you paying attention to it. So that's why people don't pay a lot of attention to this. But everybody has walked into a room after somebody's had an argument. And you walk into that energy and you go, whoa, something was going down in here.
0: Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, that, everybody's got that. Happens so on a daily all, basis.
1: That's all this is. Yeah. It's being attuned. With all your senses, you know, and it's the same thing. I mean, both of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. When you walk into a place and you know that good is present or evil is present, same thing. And most people that walk in our circles feel the same. Cat Ward, same way. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it, it, that's what it is. And I don't know if. All the things that are going on now with, like, say, social media and all the electronics, I don't know if that's messing with it or making it stronger. I really don't know. See, that's something I don't know a lot about, but there's something going on with frequencies right now. There's something going on. Oh. Something going on. I'm just telling you. (laughs)
2: you know all that well you get like that that whole hive mind thing going on where it's almost like a universal consciousness the more people that are aware of it the stronger it becomes like a tulpa or something you know it's that energy is being focused somewhere and it can cause things to to manifest and cause people to experience uh, new and wonderful things or hideous and frightening things a lot of it's what you take away from it Um, and your attitude about it it's like Einstein said that some people never see a miracle and other people see them every day so it's just you know it's it's your perspective and how you look at things I think
0: and it's also that thoughts and words have matter Yes, they do. not that they don 't matter, they have matter, and okay. you know you can just see it like in, in the sidebar for a split second um, the way everybody 's attitude is right now in this country the last couple of years it's it's it 's either the right side or the left side right and mm-hmm. if you 're on one side you, you know then you 're the enemy on the you know the other side yeah. that kind of hive mentality that kind of herd mentality um we've lo- we really have lost a lot, and I think there's something going on when you said the frequency i was having a conversation with um the, this wonderful person in my life her name's cindy dove she does some some stuff with our group the psychic wise and she's the one that that explored she she's the one that told told me that i had a gift well i told through it through al our our leader um and i that's when i started exploring i had the idea i had it because uh, i used to do some crazy shit growing up but um, she confirmed it, and, and she's like my mentor, a little bit like a Yoda, but a really beautiful looking Yoda, um, <laughs> at Arkansas. But it, it's like I've said that there's something going on. I think that the, the you know out there in in the the cold calder, uh, calder that the experiments they've been doing, I think they've they've created a rip in in the space time. I know this sounds crazy. But no, actually, I think Mandela have, effect. it, it that it, it really started when they started playing around with that machine, the Mandela effect. Yeah. On top yeah. of that, um, I'm noticing thing. It's it's kind of like there's like the country was never this negative and, and evil. Even the 60s, it wasn't this negative and evil. And I think you'd
1: have to go back to the Civil War to have. But you know, the thing was it. it, it with the Civil War, if you think about the times, it took so long for information to get from one place to another. Now it's instant. So yeah. I don't know. I just don't know if that's worse. But there was definitely a hotbed of emotion and, you know, uh, things going to misinformation and people thinking that they were standing for what was right and all this other. Um, you know, it's just, but there's something going on frequency wise whatever you want to call it harp you want to call it cern you want to call it whatever all of it I, all of I trails, it's, it's in the whatever but there's something going on and i i don't know if you think about the the it, paranormally um i don't know whether there's connection to it or not but i keep going back in my mind to um lloyd auerbach i mean he's been around forever he's still out there, he's still, you know, I can remember when I was young, and there was something wild going on in this house, and I was lucky enough to see it on, like, I can't remember, in search of, or it, it, one of them, shot, uh, citing something, and he comes on sitting there in his suit and everything, and he says, oh, 14 people saw this table jump up and." fly across the room and slam and almost like a not a full body apparition but a half body apparition run from one corner to the other and go out the wall and you know something else happened and he just sat there real calm, calmly and said mass hallucination yep. you know it's the mind plays tricks and it's a mass hallucination and I'm like what and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> lord what are you saying man you know it's like like, come on you know and you got like four mediums and i don't know who else is standing in there and they're telling all the stuff that's going on in this house and i'm like okay i get that i'm not a scientist i get that i'm not parapsychologist now whatever happened to that i remember parapsychology was like the be all and end all and then you know and there's a couple other ones too and you watch this stuff and you're just, what are you talking about? You know, I can understand when the entity case came through and, you know, all of the stuff and then the movie and the book and all that. And I don't know if the listeners know what I'm talking about, but if you haven't seen that movie, go watch it. It was a doozy.
0: You keep the um, lights off, too, when you're doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and but the
1: thing was, if you read the book and then you go back and you, you investigate the actual person it happened to, there was a lot more that went down. That, that wasn't in the book I mean it was it was almost like the the fact was scarier than the fiction that they put in there you know and mixed into the movie it was hard and it was and it you know it went on for like 10 15 years after the fact and people are really going through this stuff this is really happening it's not a drug they're taking it's not their mind there are real genuine cases of the bad side of this subject really, wrecking lives and taking over and I don't know if today's feverfew that's going on is, are them taking advantage of that? And like our jumpers, like in the book, you know, we've we've all talked about jumpers. um, Finding those cracks, you know, Um, I don't know what it's going to turn into. I really don't. Um, There's just too much. Everybody's like on a real short fuse right now
0: it's a, yeah it's a super short fuse and touching on what you were just saying i don't know uh, if if you both agree but i think that a lot of times when you when you have that guy there saying it's mass hallucination you know hallucination um they these people may be privy to information that um they don't want to get out and mm-hmm. we, we all, we've all heard this stuff. If you read it, it's everywhere. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, like new age mumbo jumbo, but talking about pituitary and the fluoride and it covers the third eye and all this other stuff. I think that the powers that be, and I'm going to use that phrase, do their best to make this a, a, a subject matter or something of craziness uh, to, to point the, to the negativity of it. Oh, they've got to be crazy because they know that if we were able to open our third eye, if we were able to really mm-hmm. get into this subject matter and what's behind the spirit realm, uh, raise our frequency, if you want a vibration, uh, mm-hmm. they would have zero control over us. True. And that's what no. they're worried about because I think we're on the cusp. This is why I've, I've, Last year was terrible. The year before, that was, you know, kind of like you was ramping up. I kept having this dream about um, being in a tunnel, and it was kind of like it was a dream in in sleep time, as well as a feeling or an image in my head. Where you know, when you're you're getting closer to the light, you can see the light. It's all dark, and you see a little bit of light, and it starts getting bigger and bigger. And you're like, we're almost at that point. That's where it's I think crazy. we are. We're almost at this point where we're gonna break free from this crap, and yeah. then and then. <laughs> You know, not that all hell's gonna break loose. i I do have a positive vibe going on this that it's going to be it's gonna be like breathing like when you know if you if you just if you just any one of us won a hundred million dollar lottery right now, um, mm-hmm. you'd be able to breathe. You'd be able mm-hmm. to say, Okay, I could take care of my family. I could take care of the really important things, you know, medical, you know, school, housing, home, whatever it is. And then, yeah, I could play with it later. But now I can breathe. Now it's on my terms. And I think we're getting to that point. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. What do you think, Steve?
2: Uh, I agree. There's something going on, and, and you look at things like, and, and this gets pretty heady. But if you look into the the Schumann resonance, which is the the uh, three different vibrational fields that the earth naturally vibrates at, how they're seeing changes in those. Mm-hmm. And then, if you also look at things like um, even in music, uh, standard tuning is like 440 hertz. But yep. if you change that to 432 hertz, that 8 hertz may all the difference in the world on how it affects your body and there were people Verdi and Mozart, people that knew this, that that wrote in those tunings and that's I think one reason why their music is is so long-lasting and so popular and a lot of people don't even realize that you pick up on those vibrations and things and and one of the things that that I would do, like when I was doing active investigations and things, I would uh, see if there were high tension power lines nearby. You wouldn't believe what that can do to your brain. Oh yeah, and, sure. Sure. and yeah. now you've got all this—you got Wi-Fi, you got 3G and 4G, and soon 5G. Uh-huh. And I'm already hearing these horror stories about all what all the 5G satellites are going to do to people. Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot of things. I mean, you don't think about it, but right now you've got all these Wi-Fi signals running through your head, through your brain, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your brain, you know, works electric impulses. What what's going to happen there? You know, it's it's interesting to think about, and I think that's why sometimes you got to go out. Like I do here in the Pacific Northwest, I get way out in the middle of nowhere. No power lines, no people, no Wi Fi, no no nothing, you know. And and you got to ground yourself. You got to take a step back and just kind of cleanse. You can do it with crystals. You can do it with sage. You can do it just with your mind. I highly recommend that.
1: Every day. Every day. Not once a month. Not, you know, Mm -hmm. by golly, you know, just ground yourself. Barefoot. Barefoot. Yep. Dig in the dirt. I mean, people say all the time, I mean, how many times do people just go out and garden? They can't wait to go out and garden and plant flowers, vegetables or whatever, and they feel so much better. You're grounding. You know, find a way that works for you. And if you're new to this or if you do have uh, abilities, make sure you're doing that cleansing. You know, look into crystals and rocks. I I make jewelry with gemstones for that very reason. And I found a way to wrap them to where they're open, you know, instead of being all closed up. You know, so you can cleanse them. You can cleanse them by the moon, or you know, sage, or whatever you want to do. It's your thing. But and there's you know, a lot of people out of their
2: crystals and yeah. crystal energy. But you can mm-hmm. take a crystal and make a radio out of it. Yes. Most likely, the people that don't believe them are wearing a watch with a quartz mm-hmm. movement in it. They don't yes. think about that. That, that yes.
1: stuff so- is real. Yes, it is. It is. And you've got to do stuff that, you know, if, if if you're looking to get away from the chaos, you have to go back, you know, to, to any kind of tribal native um, stuff. What did they do? You know, uh, multiple times they were meditating. If you don't think sitting around a fire and fire gazing awesome and just stuff. taking in the air. Oh, yeah. Just taking in the air, breathing in and being aware. And Letting it go and then breathing in and letting it go. I mean this is you know There's multiple ways to do grounding, but you've got to be good to yourself You've got to, you know, I mean even the simple experiment of I know you guys are familiar with this But you know I found out that I was getting pulled into the, this thing where I used to work I mean everybody in there. I mean the minute you walked into the place It was a negative 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 and everybody was oh, and I said okay. I got to find something to so do the bubble thing you know the, the whole mirror you know put mirrors on the outside of it no negativity allowed oh
3: yeah and this
1: right. this one girl just walks up and she got ready to say something she <laughs> stopped in front of me and stopped talking and turned around and walked away to it
0: hey. <laughs> <double laughs> yeah you know it, it um when i do but it works. when i do that that, that type of uh, remote view or whatever the first thing i do is um i, I put a ground well i get i get, it, I get a higher power to watch over me and protect me, mm-hmm. but I try to en- encircle myself in, in a bubble thats that's as a, a two way mirror you know i mean a one way mirror where I can see out nothing can see in because you don 't know what you 're going to come up against or who 's going to want to attach themselves to you i right. 'm not huge on on i mean uh, where I am in, the, in, in New York. I'm not going to walk around barefoot. i got to be honest. Um, yeah. But, um, and I'm not really big on the, you know, we go down to the Jersey Shore and we, we hang out like in Mattisquan or whatever. Uh, but one of the things I definitely love is I definitely love being on the beach and with the family walking the beach and just picking up rocks or seashells, you know, get your you know, you have your flip flops, or whatever it is. You still get some of that sand in there. It is grounding, technically, and um, mm-hmm. and it's just the sand of
1: the ocean. It's amazing. 100%. Or I used to, when I was in Alabama, I used to go to the top of the mountain and look out. You yeah, know? just it's, little things, little things. But we've got to learn to start doing something. You can't fix what's outside of your world, even in your around. You know, in your own home, until you balance yourself. You know, and I'll tell you, there are things out there. I'm talking to the preacher of the choir. I'm talking to you guys, but there are things out there that are going to attach like, you know, attracts like, you know, a lot of these. (laughs) One of the things that um, that really uh, amazed me when I started getting really deep into this was the misunderstanding a ghostly presence. Um, And I find that fascinating because uh, one of the ladies that I really like and you know people say oh she was on TV so she can't be real Kim is real she's a real deal and she did her very best to put out a quality show and work with producers and everything like that they were going to keep it real and I think she did a really good job and I don't know if anybody's ever seen it but it was um, oh gosh what was it uh, Haunted Hollywood or something like that but what she would do is she would take from this other show Celebrity Ghost Stories which are great I love that show they just yeah, right. Celebrity sits down and tells their story, and then they have the reenactment, whatever. Well, she would say, okay, um, do you want to come and find out what really was going down there? Let's go back to the place if we can. Let's go revisit the situation and let let me connect in and find out what happened. Time after time after time, one of my favorite ones was the one with Michael Madsen, and he was on, uh, he's an actor, one of my favorite actors, you know, Reservoir Dogs, you name it, he was in them. So I love Michael. Reminds me a lot. He looks a lot like my dad. That's what my dad. Matter of like.
0: fact, when as soon as you so, said that, I started seeing, my- I, I started hearing stuck in the middle with you.
1: Stuck in the middle with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go ahead. So
1: yeah, like I said, reminded me a lot of my dad. So <laughs> <laughs> said. So anyway, he goes in. He's actually a really nice guy, right? So he's in this hotel. Um, he has to stay over. Long story short, he misses his kids. Um, he was really, you know, homesick. He had to stay like three months. He was on a shoot for a movie. And he's in this old hotel where they put him up uh, because they were doing like an on, uh, on-site type uh, shooting, right? So he's staying in this old hotel. And he sees this little girl ghost. Now, he goes down. He sees her a couple of times. He goes down, talks to the manager. And the manager says that there was a little girl that once, you know, I was playing ball upstairs or something. Fell down the stairs, died. So he spends, I don't know, 10, 15 years thinking this was the story. He felt so sorry for this girl, and rightfully so. And it, it scared him, and it stuck with him, and it just really affected him. Now, Kim Russo comes, and they do a revisit. She goes in, and she says, sets, uh, assesses the situation. And she finds out that it wasn't that little girl. Yes, that little girl died uh bouncing a ball fell off the second story and killed balcony and killed herself uh accidentally died that little girl crossed right away that wasn't the ghost the ghost that came to visit him was a little girl um who died in a closet with her older brother and her parents were drug addicts and um They were, I guess, you know, uh, high or whatever, messed up, Uh, left the kids there, and there was a fire, and they hid in the closet to get away from the fire, died of smoke inhalation. Now, the little girl did not pass. The boy did. The little girl had been wandering. It wasn't that hotel. It was across the street. She was drawn to Michael Madsen missing his children and being a good, bad And loving his kids and he was looking, you know, to be with his children and she was looking for a father figure that would care for her. Right. She drawn to his energy. Amazing story. Yep. Tim finally found out what was going on and crossed the little girl and Michael Madsen sat there and watched the whole thing, tears running down his eyes. Beautiful story. This is why ghosts, a lot of times, are misunderstood. They are connected to you. So, if you're like you're depressed, or that your energy is matching very well, might draw in somebody who is depressed or full of anxiety right. or something in those lines. So, you have to be careful. You know? I mean, that's just one aspect of the of of. You know, the paranormal. Well, that's know,
0: just one. You know, it's really funny you said that because uh, about a year ago, whatever, we were supposed to do an investigation at, up in Pine Bush. That was like like a little extra we were going to give as part of the Pine Bush experience for the festival. And they were going to investigate the doctor's house, which is there. And I said, I'm not doing it. And I, I hadn't been in a good state of mind whatsoever, and I was bummed out and, and technically depressed. And there's no way I would put myself in that situation. There are too many people out there that take this non-seriously. And, yes. the, and, and and let me tell you, I'm gonna go this far. When you go to those haunted houses and the haunted hay rides and all that stuff, you better mm-hmm. do something in my opinion to protect yourself. See yes. either save say a prayer, St. Michael's. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend you have and you keep a little bit of sage in, in your in in a tinfoil in your car. Um, keep it in the back so when you get pulled over, cops don't think it's weed. Um, and and you, you save yourself before you go in there and when you come out. You come out. Mm-hmm. The, um, um, uh, my buddy was telling me a story about um, he works with somebody who is from Africa. And before they would go over to anybody's house, if they were going over a family's house, they'd sage themselves before getting in the house. And they said Absolutely. the reason why we do that is because we protect ourselves. We don't know what's going on in the house. Yes, they right. could be mom, dad, and brothers and sisters. But mm-hmm. We don't know the negativity there. So you, they protect themselves before they go in. And before they go back into their own home, they save themselves again. And mm-hmm. most likely will shower. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, when if you go to your shower and you run the water... There's an energy to it And it's a cleansing energy And you can clean yourselves
2: Absolutely Um, I do the same thing with hotel rooms You don't know what's going on in there Murdered or drugs Anything I always say when when I stay in a hotel room I open the door Prop it open and say Okay, anything in here You gotta go I'm here now Get out
0: yeah, Absolutely. You, you know, and, and for those people, <laughs> just so we don't want the smoke alarms going off and then you get like that $300 <laughs> fine for smoking in your room. Um, another way of doing this, we, we, we do this on investigation in places where you're not allowed to light candles or incense. If you take holy water and you take yep. frankincense oil and you take myrrh oil and you take black salt and you take kosher salt and you kind of mix it together in a spritzer, um, you get, you know, any place and you start spraying it in the room all over. Just spray it, let it hit the walls, whatever. Uh, one, the room's going to smell a lot better than than it was, and two, it's 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 a non-smoke related uh, um, uh, cleanse, and it does work very very well. My wife and my kids just like, Dad's weird. <laughs> I'm like, Look, what I'm doing is doing to protect you people. Um, exactly,
1: exactly. And you know? people just don't get that. They go, Why does this stuff work? And I'm like, Okay, well let me. Okay, you asked a question before I answer that question, because I don't have the answer to why it works. I'm just saying it does. You tell me this. Why on all these separate continents, before, you know, even the Vikings or, you know, the Chinese started boating across and connecting, why are all these different tribal nations using the same herbs or the same thing before there was communication? You know, now if you take, you know, why do you when you go into Catholic church? You say I'm religious. I I can't believe into that. Really, what do you think is in those things are slinging up and down all the hallways there? I mean, it's just it's it's something that has been around for you know forever. You know, for years and years and years and tribal and it works. And Native American, you know, we have to cleanse ourselves before we get into the dancing circle. There's always somebody there. That has been, um, you know, they're usually past the eagle feather, they're, you know, given the sage and everybody before you get into that circle, you have to be saged, you have to be cleansed, you know, and then you can go and dance because everything within that circle is, you know, that's, that's a sacred place, you know, so that's, it's huge. So, uh, I can't tell you how, if you're looking at the scientific reasoning for why, you know, maybe a negative energy or something like that, or doesn't like the smell of sage or certain crystals or certain, I can't answer that. I wouldn't even begin to say it, but I know it does because if I'm doing it and I'm telling you to do it, you know, it's, there's, there's a reason for that.
0: It's it's funny because we have a, we have a stove, we bought a stove a couple of years ago and when you kind of use it, it's like a top broiler. So it's, mm-hmm. you open the oven to, to broil. And when mm-hmm. you get too much grease in there or whatever, it clogs up everything. So it doesn't work. We should be cleaning it with you know, 5,000 degrees, whatever the hell it is that you want to put it on. So every time it doesn't work, and it works infrequently sometimes if you let it go too long. I'm like, damn, it's usually when I have to cook dinner for everybody. So I bust out my sage cones and I put it in my little Buddhist incense thing. And I start lighting it, and my kids are complaining, what stinks, what smells? And my (laughs) wife hates it, but she goes, what are you doing? I said, well, it's the stove's not working, so I'm I'm, I'm appeasing, and I'm going to clear out the bed. And and every time I do it, (laughs) freaking stove comes back on. And she goes, she just looks at me like, you're weird. And I said, <laughs> "Who's weird? Me or the yeah. person that married me?" <laughs> but yeah. it seems to work. Yeah, to be um, sure. I, I've I done highly... the same
2: thing with the car. I used to burn yep. nag champa in my car, you know, and yeah. and I had crystal hanging from the rearview mirror. And I swear, one time, I I don't remember what happened, but I took the crystal out of my car. Sure enough, the next week it broke down on the side of the road. You know, it just Ooh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. So I, you know I, this coincidence. We're so big on saying, Oh, it's a coincidence. This coincidence no. well, sometimes, you know, sometimes the math... Mass- it can't be a coincidence every time. I know. I know, it just can't be. I mean your your stage story was, was kind of funny. I remember I was dating this one <laughs> guy and what is what it is. I'm like easy going. I mean, I like you, I like you, you know. And it's a big things don't usually bother me. It just it's weird. I'm just weird. But you know, it's like, oh, this and that. I'm like, that's not a problem. Okay, well, you know, you sure? Because this, this, and this. Nope, not a problem. And we were going on like about two weeks or whatever. And he came over my apartment and I had just saged and cleaned and all that stuff. And he walks in and he goes, oh, my God, what is that smell? That is awful. I can't stay in here. <laughs> problem.
3: <laughs>
1: <Bye>. <laughs> That's a problem. There's something wrong, you know. Yep. So, I mean, because, I mean, obviously he it was repulsed by it. You know, I mean, you don't have to like the smell. You're not doing it for the smell. It's like taking an herbal medication. I can't tell you how yeah. many
0: times. <laughs> it's not the greatest smell if you have old sage or bad sage. You know, yeah. if you have a bad was- smudge stick or a cheap one, you know, like the, the pilings from the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you get good good sage with sweet grass and stuff, it smells pretty oh, darn good. So good. You know? Well,
1: um, it, he wasn't doing it like he didn't like the smell. He was repulsed by it, and
2: I'm well, like, okay,
0: <laughs> well, okay, well now. <laughs> there's that's a there's going times
2: there. when I didn't have sage that I've successfully smudged with cedar. Yeah, to yes, burn cedar and get Cedar very is, is
0: great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, another thing, if you don't want to burn anything and you just want to protect yourself. I highly recommend it. You go out and you get kosher salt. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a reason yeah. behind the kosher salt. It's not because you're Jewish or whatever or follow the religion. It's because yeah. of the process. And it's yeah. been that way since the beginning of time.
2: It's in every corner of yep. my room and, and, what <laughs> and across said, the doorway. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> uh-
1: spiritual paths as well you know i mean it's like the thing that we're telling you know the people here it's not just okay well this you know this what we're telling you is the spiritual facts of you know many now in some religions like we said in catholic they might be using incense for something or you know in something else they might be using this in wicca and voodoo and whatever yes but you have to understand it's the herb it's the it's yeah. the product. It's the yeah. thing. Some of that is a product of
2: sympathetic magic, but right. for whatever reason, it works.
0: Well, it it, it yeah. it's not only just the magic end or the hoodoo or the voodoo side. It, if yes. you go back to Old Testament, right, the yes. base of just that. Whether you want to believe it or not, the Great Spirit, you know, being uh, even Jesus. Um, they use cedar oil, they use frankincense, they used myrrh, they used, all the, they used salt. And the salt was, was, you know, you'd throw salt over your shoulder. I used to be afraid to death to spill the salt. You know? and, and and the reason why you know like oh my god what's going to happen to me and and it, that's that's actually you would, you were, when remember when they used to say oh he's worth the salt because that's what you were paid in um, spilling yep. the salt's not a bad thing actually people um, I, I you know <laughs> if you're if you're gonna go into a room or, or a place and you don't, you can't burn something before you get there if you sprinkle a little bit of uh, the salt in your pocket in your shoes put it in your car just sprinkle it in your car it protects you. It does. Go into
2: a room, put it <laughs> in the corners, put yep. it across the threshold of the doors, the windows. You have less problems anyway. Maybe, yep. can't say no problems, but less problems for sure. Yes,
1: well, even with all of this stuff, I mean, as careful as I've been and everything else, uh, I've had stuff happen. I can remember when I came back from, oh gosh, as careful as we were. People don't realize that, and I've said this before um, on shows, but there are entities out there, whether, you know, they were human before or never human or ancient, you know, I mean, there's so many levels or dimensional, whatever, um, who, who feed on the suffering and, oh, and, angst and,
3: yes.
1: and, you know, the fear and everything. It's, it's, it's like a whole nother word for soul food, you know, and
3: it,
1: it, it happens. So when you go to a battlefield and you're trying to help a ghost that was human, that it will actually communicate with you, and you're trying to get them to cross, or at least let them know that they're not stuck trying to explain their situation. There are entities there at the same time that you're fighting that don't want them to know. And they certainly don't want you there doing this. You're messing up their whole plan. Oh, yeah. And when I came, as like I said, as careful as we were, as much prayers, and I don't I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't walk alone. I've got stuff around me that I just, <laughs> I certainly don't deserve, but I have a lot of help. And um, so, i it, it didn't affect me. I was walking around like a bubble. It took me a while to realize something's not right here, you know, and I did my little thing and I'm just real positive when I do stuff and I'm like, okay, that did it. You know, I, I don't doubt it at all. And it just went on and on. I'm like, something's not right. Something's not right. And I can't really pinpoint what I was feeling, but something was off. And about two weeks into it, I start realizing, okay, there's a problem. There's something here. Something came back. uh, Something followed me back. Something got mad and whatever. But it wasn't good. And all your little telltale signs started happening around. And... Mm -hmm. I basically pinpointed that it was under my bed. And how I did that is because my husband had two cats. And they were real strange. They all hung out in the bedroom. They never left the bedroom. It was bedroom, bathroom, window, bedroom, bathroom. They were always underneath the bed or on top of the bed or under the bed. That's the only place. Every night they would sleep under. Well, their pattern changed. And they wouldn't go under the bed anymore. Everything got thrown off. And I'm like, okay, all right, that's where it is. So one of them actually started getting sick. And I mean, you go through the whole thing where, you know, and it's not my cat, it's his cat. So he has to take it to the vet. He has to make all the decisions for it. They can't figure out what's wrong with it. He's getting sick. He's getting sick. They they can't find anything Four visits. They can't figure it out. And by the time all this is going on at the same time, and I finally went, okay, I've got it. And. You think to yourself, okay, she does this. She wrote a book. She's been through this. It's fifty years and all that. I'm telling you, people, it can creep up on you. You know, as aware as you can be, it can get, it can creep up on you. It's amazing. And then I find that's it, and I got everything. And I called down Archangel. I'm like, hey, Mike, here we go, man. Let's go. We got to do this. And that's like I said, I don't have any ritual or anything like that. It's like I need you now. Yeah. We're doing this and the whole thing is getting clean, and that's it. And I roared it, I mean I got I got the prayer on Bluetooth, I got the TVs on the Catholic channel, i am throw prayer out here, every window, everything, so everything got covered in anointing oil, salt, you name it, everything. And it was gone. And not in not in time to the cat died. And I felt horrible. Horrible about this because that's the first thing with me as animals, you know. Yep. But it wasn't in time to save him, it just made him so sick, Um, and the thing about everything at the end, I mean it was a funny thing that happened after that because I mean I had crosses and all these symbols and everything, (laughs) you know, every window and all the glass and everywhere, and tell you how cool my old man is, he comes home that night and he just walks in, he always takes a shower, he's you know, mechanic, musician, he goes in, he takes a shower, and he comes out, and he says, hey, hon, um, on my sliding glass closet, it seems to be, that's um, possibly a cross written in, <laughs> <laughs> is there something I should worry about? And I looked at him, I like, said, <laughs>
0: <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> no, we're good. <laughs>
1: Toddles off and does the rest of his day, never asks, he doesn't want to know. He doesn't want to know. <laughs> but let me tell you something, that very night, his other cat slept under the bed.
0: Well, you know what, you got to hit it, and you got to get the right right spiritual, spiritualness going on that one.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: I've had this discussion with, with Cisco once or twice. Um, she told me, like, you know, before you go to bed, uh, ask for your, you know, your... Your guardian angels come, make their their presence known, and you know what your purpose is and stuff. And I I, I do that also normally, and um, they've yet to make their their presence known. Um, that's why I thoroughly believe they drink, uh, <laughs> and they drink <laughs> fucking heavily because they, they're they, they come in at the right moment on on select things. And I used to get angry when like certain negative events took place. And then if you stop and you think and you're like, well. My brakes could have gone as I was going down 96th Street, 60 miles an hour. I would have killed a ton of people. But now they broke when I was on a level ground and, a, and parked. So, right. you know, and, and there's a couple other situations. Recently, there was another one of those come to God moments um, or whatever you want to believe. See, my belief system, and I don't know about both of you, and, and we can go into that, is I believe. And I believe in a higher power. And, yep. and I believe in yeah. multiple disciplines Absolutely. of higher power. Not just what I was born into, but, you know, other things. I actually am an ordained minister, which blows the mind of a lot of people, but I'm very spiritual. And mm-hmm. one of the things, when, when, when I was given my name growing up, my name is Eliyahu. And usually you're supposed to get a name like Eliyahu either for your mother or your father. I just was told Eliyahu, and that is messenger of God. And I've always felt the connection to a to a higher realm, and, and to a spiritual. Realm. Um, even though I don't don't go to um, temples or, or churches or, or as often as I'm, but I I've called on Michael numerous times because sometimes I think God's way too busy to be handling all the other stuff that's going on. I love
1: I love Mike. I'll tell you what, man. I can't tell you how many times. You know, I mean, I, this is it. I don't discount a, a lot of beliefs. I honestly believe that they're all tied in, and then they just went off on their own little thing somewhere. I had an elder tell me one time, uh, talking about religion and spirituality and whatever, he said, I don't know why people get so hung up on what path they take. We're all going to the same place. Yep, you know? right. And I, it's always stuck in my mind, and I'm like, yeah, man, it's all about the journey. you know." So if somebody has something a belief that they have that works for them I say great you know that's cool you know as long as you're not hurting anybody else and it's getting you through your day great but if you're looking at certain things I've, i I read a thread once um not too long ago and it was talking about well I'm really glad that the guest on this show said that you don't need to call you know, a certain somebody to get rid of this negative entity, you can call on this or you can do it yourself. And I believe that in most cases.
3: Yeah.
1: However, depending on what you're dealing with, you see what I mean? Yep. You better be calling something that they believe in too. Because, you know, and if you don't believe in it and you're just saying a prayer or you're saying some kind of mantra or something and you don't believe in it, you might as well just be throwing a slipper at it and reading in a nursery rhyme. Right. Because you have got This is some serious stuff sometimes, and we're talking about whether it be, I'm talking about things that were never human. I mean, there's things, if you, you know, whether you believe in Amy or not, I've met Amy. Amy has my art hanging in her living room, Amy Allen. She's going to sit there and tell you, this woman has been in this for years. I don't care what her producers do or how what pictures are drawn or what you think about it. Amy has been doing this for years. She puts up a lot. It takes a lot to do what she does, and she knows it's killing her. And she's going to do it. She was put here to help people, and she does. So Mm. there are real things that you see on TV. It's just so hard to discern what's what, you know? And then you have to add producers and editors and yeah, advertisers and everything else in it. And you have to be able to pick out what's real. She's been doing this a long time before the show. And when the show ends, she'll be doing it a long time after.
0: Well, you, you know, know, the smart person knows, you know, I, I've always heard these gripes about, like, uh, ghost hunters and whatever, all this stuff. Oh, it's they, they reenacted it, and they, they made it up, or they did X, Y, and say, well, yeah, dummy, it's called a television show. So not yeah. every time, the camera wasn't there all the time for every oh. every group that went out. It's it's a lower end production, and they may have to reenact it. And mm-hmm. I make no bones about it. If I ever got a TV series, I'm going to reenact things that took place. I'm not there to try to pass a false one off on anybody. But right. I can tell you this. In, in the think, same,
1: I don't think either. I mean, you could see a lot of things of okay, well, pull Grant's jacket or whatever. Oh come on. Have you met? Have you met Grant? <laughs> yeah. These guys. You know, if they were doing this beforehand, and and I, I got to tell you something between J- Jason and Gray, if you read their books that they wrote before, and you really got to get into the mind of it and why they did it, and the thing mistakes they made that they regretted and didn't want to return yep. and do again, um, they were almost hounded to the point of okay, well, let's do it, we'll do one show and we'll see what you know. They sat down with producers, they signed contracts, they didn't want anything changed or uh whatever if there was any fake going on there i don't know that a producer or somebody else wasn't on the other side of the wall knocking and um bet you they did neither you know i don't think Uh, i don't think they did that
3: though
1: i don't think they did either but it's it's so easy to look at somebody else's work when you weren't there and think that you know everything that went on. I mean, you can't do that in any situation. So, am I going to say that those guys came on and faked everything? Sure, they goofed around and Steve and you know was making uh, what's his name eat bugs and betting right. on this. I mean, there was a lot. Of-
0: <laughs> that's what you do one of these going. investigations, though.
1: Yeah, but that's you know you're talking about you know it's three or four days here. Now, there's some that are outright absolutely off the charts, and crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything is. You know, every creek is this, and every, and, and it's so worked up to try to get you into the, the whole bleeding skull thing, and you know, I mean, that's another aspect out of it, and it's honestly, you know, as crazy as you know people want to say that is, is it really any different from Vincent Price going out there and dressing up like a no. vampire and. And introducing the movie that was coming on with the hands coming up out of the blood, you know, whatever. It's all it's it's theater to a large aspect of it, and you're going to be drawn to what you're drawn to. And if it's entertaining to you, great, it's entertainment. But within the entertainment, there's some real stuff going on there, and you can learn about equipment and you can learn about the history of a location that you might not ever get to go to. There's a lot of there's a lot of Educational material in there, but you have to be able to discern. But by saying right. that, reality is a hundred times scarier than well, anything that appears. Times.
0: It's yeah. You know, it's funny you said that because you know I'm. I was reading uh, Steve your bio because it's the first time we've met, and you mentioned the Bigfoot country, and and we're going to get into that because I'm going to ask you about Bigfoot in in, in, a, in a minute, but. I had an experience. We were out, and we did a full night's investigation in Nuclear Lake. It's in upstate New York. High strangeness, what have you. The first spot we went to, um, we started hearing, we were hearing tree knocks left and right. We heard rock mm-hmm. knocks. Um, we heard something creeping up slowly. There was like a bluff charge. They want, whatever it was, wanted us to get out. But you could feel the tension building. And mm-hmm. there's three of us there in the dark, pitch black. The only way out is through a waterway that's filled with, you know, radioactive material, technically. <laughs> Although the government cleaned it. Uh, yeah, right. They cleaned it up. And let me tell you something. At one moment, we got three whoops that were so freaking loud. I mean, this thing was right next to us. You can feel the weight of this creature. Because yeah. uh, there's been Bigfoot sightings there. So all three, one guy started to jut. He was gone. We grabbed him and we are like, stand your ground. There's no place to run you're either gonna poke your eye out and, and knock yourself out or die either way it's it's not a good situation but uh you know we're we're telling this story and you know and, and after we stood our ground it it kind of went away and it went from point A where we were in the dark and we were using full spectrum UV um you name it to, to videotape in the area nothing came in on any of the on the, those wavelengths and they moved from point a to point B which was easily about a mile and a half down the road in an instant okay it yep. was a pucker moment for a lot of <laughs> us seriously it was really like oh my god holy crap because um, you know this this is this was a Sasquatch 100% and probably a family of sasquatch um, and I, I I came up with the theory that the woots were telling, the party that was away from us don't come here there's three of them because there was three woots and you go a different way they were trying so hard to get us out but we stood our ground and that's why they gave up but when i revealed when we told this story to someone else in this other group that we're with here's the armchair world well i would have ran to it no you wouldn't you weren't there okay you were not there whatsoever this thing was enormous in the dark and you can feel the weight of it. It actually threw a nice-sized boulder at me. It hit my chair, knocked me out of my chair. Um, it was, we kind of like, I don't know if we got its respect or whatever, but it gave up on us because it just didn't want to have the battle. It probably had, a, you know, Young there or whatever. Um, but, have you know, you mentioned in your bio, I was mentioning in Bigfoot country, Steve. Have you ever had a, a Bigfoot moment? And we'll get to that. I, I, I have. Um... There you go.
2: I've heard the the tree knocks and uh, the the whoops and things, and like you are saying, the whoops would come from all around. It was almost like sense around or something. It would be oh, over yeah. here, then it's over here, then it's behind me, then it's way down in front of me, and it sounded like the same creature. And uh, another time I was in an area where I was kind of hearing the, the tree knocks and the, and the rocks and stuff, and it was obvious that I wasn't welcome there, and I started getting pelted with stones. Yep. These were little river rocks, maybe an inch and a half, two inches. And instead of coming in at an arc like somebody was tossing them at me or lobbing them at me, they would come in almost a straight vector
0: yep. <laughs>
2: and hit me and fall straight to the ground. And it was like I didn't even feel them. I, I heard them hitting the ground. And I, I picked a couple of them up, and they were warm to the touch. And I'm like, "This is weird." So I got out of there. But that I've never actually seen anything. I've seen the footprints. I've right. seen evidence of where they've been. I've heard the, the whoops and the hollers and the the rocks and the tree knocks and stuff. But I've never seen one. That's that's I hope someday too. And uh, up here where I'm at in the Pacific Northwest, it's a lot more likely to happen. So it hasn't happened yet. But <laughs> now.
0: Did you ever have those? Because you are you were in the East Coast as well, like Tennessee. Yeah.
2: Did you ever have any experiences
0: uh, there, or do you know of any experiences? From the others? ones I
2: just described was actually uh, in Virginia. Wow, uh, along the uh, Appalachian Trail in the, um, I think the. Jefferson National Forest. It's uh, right there, in Damascus, Virginia, where the, the trail comes through.
0: And yep. And where we had our experience was part of the Appalachian Trail. So that is the Bigfoot Highway, in my it's, opinion. It's, you know, it's really funny because you just dated. You, you mentioned Around, and it's really, that's a dating material, people. If you know what Around is, <laughs> you, you weren't born before the 80s. Think, think
2: okay. Dolby 7.1. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah think Dolby that. 2.1. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but what, what's what's very interesting growing up, I'm sure you. I watched In Search of, I've watched all those mystery, you know, like unsolved mysteries and you know, you see the Patterson film, you 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 get those, you know, we didn't have the videos or anything, we had books and they were very far, you know, and few in between and I always thought, "Holy crap, you know, I want to go to the Pacific Northwest cuz that's where Bigfoot is." Now, fast forward to now and you're researching this and you're investing it, you know, investigating the area, the largest sightings of, of this creature, be Bigfoot, Yahweh, the Yahoo, whatever it is, is on the East Coast and literally between New York State to probably Kentucky, West Virginia.
1: Mm. It's amazing. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of things I saw in Alabama, Tennessee line, you know, like southern Tennessee oh, yeah. on the tip of Alabama. That's where I saw that creature I tried to tell you about that night you were doing the UFO... What is that, the round table that you do? Yep,
0: UFO round table. And I was saying he
1: had a big lip. He had a big lip. I mean, uh, but see, I look at this whole thing. I mean, the amount of times I've spent in the woods, whether you know, it was in the Army in Fort Dix and out in uh, Alabama, outside Redstone Arsenal. Gosh, the stuff I could see there. I mean, I saw the weirdest creatures, and I don't know whether they would be...
0: Uh-oh. We lost you, Cisco. I think someone hit mute.
2: Yeah, I don't don't hear anything.
0: Uh oh. See, this is the paranormal BS that we have to deal with <laughs> doing podcasts. You know, it's there really. Ziska, you back? Yeah.
3: There. Large, it's
1: Like a large rabbit. Right. It, okay, like if a a large a big bunny. Okay. Okay. That was its hind legs, but the front legs were more like a cat because there were paws that went all the way down, much longer legs. Right. Head of it was small, about the size of, I guess, a cat's head. Um, it had no ears that I could tell because it was more like a cat's head, but a, no ears. And the <laughs> sound—I sound crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the front of it had more of a platypus kind of bill. Holy okay. Crap. And from what I could tell, from my vantage point, it looked like it had a tail. And the tail would have been more like, from my angle, like a beaver. Okay? It was flat. I couldn't tell if it was furry or shiny. It was shiny. But I couldn't tell if it was like a beaver tail. Sometimes it looked shiny when the lights hit it. Because right. I wasn't a car. And the thing that got me with these, with these type of creatures... I always feel like they have some kind of a telepathic kind of yes. thing going on. because the minute I saw it and I was looking at it and I'm like, what the heck is that? And then I'm thinking, oh my God, that's, I'm seeing something that I shouldn't be seeing. It turns and it looks at me. Yep. And that's where the fear just goes right down to your shoes. You know, because now it sees you. And I can't tell you how many times that kind of thing has happened to me. The same thing happened with what I would consider a Bigfoot. But if it was a Bigfoot, it was a young Bigfoot because it wasn't very big. And I didn't see its feet, so I can't say it was a (laughs) bigfoot. But that's the one that I saw with my son in the car. And we're going down the road. Cornfield's on both sides, probably for a mile. Both sides, cornfield, cornfield. and, And it's full corn. It's not just, you know, I mean, it's, it's right before harvest. So, I mean, it's a lot of corn. And you get that feeling, something's coming. And I didn't know whether it was kids in the cornfield screwing around smoking dope or, and which happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does.
1: <laughs> if you're running, if you've ever run in a cornfield and you're pushing your way through, it, all of a sudden you hit road. I yep. mean, it, they plant right up to the edge so you hit road and you can't really stop running when you hit the road you know, you go right across or whatever I mean that's just country right Right. so you don't know if it's going to be a deer a dog you know whatever but you know something is going to pop out in front of you and I got this overwhelming feeling and all of my radars going off and all of a sudden there's a break in the corn and it's almost in slow motion as we go by I'm driving my son is in the passenger seat and it's on my son's side So, I see this thing, as as I pass it, it looks right in, and it looked, I got this overwhelming sadness, depression. Right. uh, Not fear, not scared, sad. And it just washed over me. And, uh, I mean, almost to the part where it was overpowering my mom powers that said, it's near my kid, you know? Right. So, I'm just driving right past it. And everybody says, oh, I would have stopped and took pictures. No. No. That's 10-year-old kid. It was closer to him than it was me, and there was nothing between it you know, but glass. So, no, you know, you would have done exactly what I did and got the heck out of there. But I caught eye contact with it, and it had a great big gray-brown lip that just kind of like a big pout, right. you know. But I felt so sorry for this thing, and I've always felt that way, and I don't know if that's the Native American, because we think of it as very spiritual. And if you're going to ask me, if you, if you held me you know, in the spot, said, "What do you think it is?" I've I've always said it's interdimensional. I think that they have a way of going in and out of things. You know, right. I feel sorry for them. I really do, and I hope they're never caught.
0: I, I'll will t- tell you what. Um, lots of years of research on this on on this specific uh, creature, entity, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I could tell you, my initial research was uh, flesh and blood. Very elusive. We have a way too much. You know, they know how to to hide. They using. You know, they know the landscape better than any anybody else. So they know where the caves are. They know where the holes are. They know how to get camouflage themselves. Um, I didn't think anything about tele. You know, um, telepathy or or interdimension until the night that we had that experience in Nuclear Lake. That changed everything. I've heard stories from people where mentally they're being talked to uh, by these these creatures. right yes. I've also. Have people telling me they're interdimensional um, and they go in and out of dimensions. And I just thought, okay, these people they believe what they believe, but they're, they're out of their minds until mm-hmm. I've actually experienced it. And this is why I never am concrete with my research. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. I'm not wavering on my research. I'll put it out there, but I always reassess and, and reevaluate, is because these creatures. Definitely have a way or an ability to travel interdimensionally because there's no way you can go from point A to point B about a mile and a half, two miles down the road in an instant yep. without being able to open up a portal and do it yourself. Yep. Okay. And there's
1: been plenty of people. I mean, if you look into, um, gosh, his name escapes me right now. Um, he's doing a lot of research on it right now. He went actually went back to uh, Ireland to, to look more into all that- these Portals and things. Right. Um, Yeah, he he was on Ghost Hunters International. Uh, um, Barry Fitzgerald. Yes, Fitzgerald, yep. wonderful man, wonderful yep. man, absolutely fantastic books, terrific. Wow, uh, yep. Just listen to him talk, it's fantastic. But he does a lot of research on that, and um, I can tell you, I honestly think that uh, one trip up, we went to this beautiful mountain, and um, like I said, you spent a lot of time in nature. I mean, you go up there and just, you know, days, you stay up on this mountain, go through the trails, and there's places where you can stand, on uh, the top of it look out and you wouldn't see anything man-made no cell towers no wires no houses no buildings nothing and it was just an amazing it was like being in a movie you know um we get up everything would be fine birds would be singing you could hear all the little you know clicks and clacks of you know uh nature and then all of a sudden steve and i've talked about this all the time i (laughs) think it would go dead
0: Yep. Like Absolutely. a vacuum.
2: Had that happen to me <laughs> in the smoke, he then scares the crap out of
0: Yeah, it's not natural. And and they know <laughs> something that you don't know. And when you shut up, that means you don't want to get caught by whatever it is. <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: exactly. And, <laughs> and I not think not only I the sh- birds and animals, but like the wind <sighs> and the trees, every
1: I mean total Stop. vacuum
3: silence. Yep. Yep.
1: yep. Yep. So, and you turn around, and I was taught, you know, in my, you know, with my teachings, you backtrack your tracks, and you back up out of there. You don't ask questions; you just you get, get out.
0: Yep. There. You know, that happens usually in in nine out of ten Bigfoot type of encounters, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call them, him or her. Um, it gets very <laughs> quiet. You don't turn and run. You you back away, just like you said, because yeah. yep. um, if the if it happens to be a mountain lion, you're dead. If you back away from a, a, any type of cat, you're going to be a pounced on right off the bat. So, But it's also just know how to back out. Um, one of the things that, that, that I've deduced from this, and it's a theory, and I, I, I've yet to prove it because I don't have access to Bigfoot's 24-7, but I thoroughly <laughs> believe these creatures have the ability to cloak themselves. And the yeah. way they're doing their cloaking is they're using infrasound, to create a a vibration that that will mess around with the spectrum and 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 here's how I I, I've I've kind of assessed it if you notice that most videos and most um, when these creatures know are aware that you're there and nine out of 10 times they do know you're there um, any type of photo or video will be blurry
2: it's, Mitch Hedberg said that that's a normal photo of Bigfoot. The it, creature itself is blurry, <laughs> and you know that he's making a joke there.
0: But I think that he's right. True.
2: I he's, think that they can vibrate at a higher or lower frequency, and alter and the you can't alter, see it.
0: Alter the wavelength Vi- of of violet light or yep. whatever
2: it's there, but you can't see it.
0: And and I'll tell you, and it's usually when they get nervous or they're being aggressive. Okay, mm-hmm. they'll they'll change it around. Uh-huh. And one of the greatest examples is, and you're right, 9 out of 10 photos are blurry. That's Bigfoot. Right? That's why you're never going to get a clear Bigfoot. Um, and, and the only time you've ever actually caught clear Bigfoots, there was a camera that was, I think it was an eagle camera, uh, Pacific Northwest, I, I believe. And it was it's situated on an eagle's nest really high up. And the camera caught a bit of the ground on the right side of the frame. And clearly... As cl- if you could, if you were using a better camera, you would have been able to see it crystal clear. Is what is a bipedal, very hairy thing that looks like a monkey, and it's just hanging out in the woods and rolling around and doing its thing. It was totally unaware that there was a camera there, and therefore had no reason to put up its defense system. So mm-hmm. when, when if you you know if you could ever encounter uh Sasquatch. You're, the camera is going to be, I don't know if it's, it, it affects the, on the digital end of the spectrum or whatever it is, there's always going to be an issue. There'll be interference issues. There'll be audio issues. It it's just does not want to be seen. I think that's why it's still the hide-and-seek champ of the world. Um, yeah. But it, it's its just one of the theories. This is what we do. You know, We go out, we, we, we investigate, we have these theories or we have these experiences and we reassess like, okay, what the hell just yeah. happened? You know. Right. Yeah. But, you
2: yeah. know. And, and then you look at it. There's. There was a time during the turn of the last century, 1800s into 1900s, that the, the people didn't even believe gorillas existed. That was like a Bigfoot type creature mm-hmm. then, oh, okay. until they started, you know, finding them and taking pictures of them and things. So maybe it is some kind of species that just is real wily You know, like said, good at hide and seek, but yeah. who knows? So there's there, there is no not, hard sh- fast answers
1: yeah I honestly think there's a lot more going on too I mean you know there could be more than one type there could be more than one you know I mean we're also taking into consideration that these things have stayed the same and been unchanged for you know millennia I mean if you think about and you go back to old stories of the Native Americans and things like that they're talking I mean I was always told they were supernatural they were part in the spirit world part here now why were these people telling me that do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, you think that a lot of the things that natives, you know, if you, I mean, I, I tend, I'm going back to young guns now and they're walking through. I'm a <laughs> Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: You know, but, uh, you know, there was a lot of truth to that. You know, I mean, I remember when my grandmother would tell me, you know, uh, when people are really um, not crazy, but insane that they're part here and part there. It's like mm-hmm. they just their body doesn't know they've left yet, and I'm like, wow, well, that's interesting yeah. to think about. Yeah. You know, so you don't really mess with crazy people. I mean, you don't mess with them. You don't pick on them. You don't do whatever. You just kind of like treat them like you would treat spirit. You know, yeah. because you just don't know. That they're, and then you know that evolved into some other things of thinking about people in a coma or people close to death or people. You know, and that made me start to think about that. And the more I thought about that, the more it became true. Because look at all the people that will tell you that, you know, you'll have people tell you all day long, well, he's in a coma, he can't hear you. Oh, really? You no, know, no. I've had personal experiences in my lifetime that that said that's absolutely uh, they, hear true. they hear everything.
0: They hear everything.
1: When I walked in and saw my son in the ICU unit, I I walked in there, and the nurse said, okay, well, it's going to be bad, and you're going to, you know, this and that. Look, lady, I just took four planes, you know. I said, you take me to my kid, you take him to me now. And walked in the room, and I mean, I can't even express to you um, the condition he was in. And I pushed up my sleeves, and I started talking to him like he was sitting right there. I said, Okay. You know, mom's here now, and here we go. And I started singing to him. I said, you know, can I touch his feet? I started rubbing his feet. And I was like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And they're like, you know, we don't expect him to be out. That kid was sitting up in his bed within 48 hours asking for a clipboard with his hands so yep. he could write. It, and I mean, he heard everything I said to him.
0: It, Amazing. You know, it's funny. Medical science and the science community are now s- slowly opening up to a lot of the stuff that we were, we would be classified as paranormal or strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess it's, it's, it, it's hard for them to admit it. You know, I, I studied a lot of science growing up, and I know quantitatively you want to be able to replicate the same experiment over and over again, but it doesn't necessarily prove that, that you know, it just proves you can do these things over and over again. There are things in this world, in this life that we're going to encounter and I don't know if mm-hmm. we don't have the intellect for it yet or the capacity, whatever, that are true, but aren't easily replicated or duplicated, it doesn't, you know, and and are 100% valid. And right. people have to get over that. You know, I, I hate to saying it is what it is, but yeah. that that's that's really <laughs> it is yeah. Yeah, it you is. Know, what it is.
1: Three of know? us have talked about the fact that in some cases, there are people who aren't and i don't mean they're not ready for it because their intellect won't handle it i mean where they're in a spot in their life that they're not supposed to get this yet or they're supposed to get something else there's different aspects to this there's all different layers and you know um, somebody told me that not too long ago and i said man that rings true because you know if they know this or they believe this they're going to go on this path and they're supposed to go over here for a while first so in some cases You know, maybe like we're being downloaded information, however you want to say it, but maybe some people just aren't ready for that yet, you know, and I wonder about that person that, you know, we talked earlier about that, that lived in the same place, the same town all their lives and never got out and, you know, that's what they see or even worse, like, you know, there's been people that lived on island all by themselves for years. You right. know, what did they experience? How, what was their outlook on life? Their outlook look was everything that was around them and what they needed to survive. That's what they dealt with. And now we've got all of this information at our fingertips pretty much, you know. Right. Anything you want to look up, you Google it or DuckDuckGo, which is where I'm kind of at right about now.
0: Yep, DuckDuckGo <laughs> is, is a lot better. It's a lot safer. Yeah,
1: something went on with the, with, with the, uh, the other make now, but uh, you know, you th- that's what I'm saying. You know, maybe you're just not ready or you're supposed to go down another path, and that's okay, you know, because not everybody can believe the same thing. How dull would that be? But right. to say this thing doesn't exist just because you don't know about it, I can't say that there's not a big, I can't say that there's not a you know, a megalodon in the deepest depths of whatever. I don't right. know, I know how many other planets there are with aliens, but I can tell you right now as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, I absolutely believe it. You know, interdimensional, (laughs) all this different stuff. Absolutely. And I do believe that, you know, sometimes the spirits we talk to are that of the dead. I mean, I've done it too many times and I just don't think demons have that kind of time to to sit around and mimic that there's somebody else to do something, especially when the outcome is good. I mean, why would they bother?
0: Yeah, I've I always had that that conversation with people when they say, "Oh, I have demons in my house." I'm like, "Look, if you had demons in your house, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. Um, you just wouldn't. Um, it, they don't mess around. It's kind of like a pit, a rabid pit bull. It, it's not gonna mess around. It's gonna go for the kill, and that is it. They don't they don't want to play games. Uh, right. They're gonna use you and abuse you and do whatever. They're not gonna like you know make the cabinets open up. What you got there is a pissed off spirit who was pissed off mm-hmm. in the real world, died and still freaking pissed off. And mm-hmm. he ain't going mm-hmm. up above because you know he's going to be judged. Um, can I
1: say was, asshole on your show?
0: You can say, <laughs> you, yes, you can say asshole. You can say fuck. You can say whatever you want. There's no ratings on this show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people get that. You know, it's like, I, I just had this conversation with somebody else and, and, and multiple times with Steve that you, how many different people do you know? Do they all have different personalities? Yeah, do they all do different Have a different favorite color, watch different TV shows. Go if ghosts are people too, and you're dealing with a human entity. What makes you think that just because they die, automatically everything is going to change? And we get into that in the book. I try yep. to, anyway, I try to explain it as carefully as I can. And I believe it's the chapter, of uh, We Were All Children in the Wilderness to so the Afterlife. And I tell people, I tell the readers. One of my greatest teachers in life was also turning out to be my greatest teacher in death, and that's my mother. Yep. Because she has found so many different ways to show me something else about the other side. And I think that's so interesting, and, you know, I just love her for it, and she just surprises the heck out of me sometimes. But... Um, I put it in that chapter and I showed the different ways and one of the major things she showed me that turned out to be true time and time and time again, not only with my own experiences but Steve's and multiple people that I've talked to, multiple stories that I've read and and so on and so on, is that if you are a human being that passes. And you decide not to cross for a certain reason, whatever reason that may be. There's multiple reasons. There's not just one, you know. Um, And you do not cross. You seem to keep all of your earthly burdens and like maybe your pains and everything else and like your limp or your, you know, things like that, earthly burdens. If you cross over and go through whatever it is we go through and visitate back, then you lose all those things, like you come back looking younger, more put together, maybe you don't have the limp anymore, you're certainly not in pain anymore, Um, and that's one of the things that she taught me, and she taught me that at a pretty early age, and I was able to go into this and take that information and go, my gosh, it's true, look at this, you know, I can tell by the feeling of this spirit, and I say ghost and spirit, ghost Someone who hasn't crossed spirit, who has crossed—that's just mine. Right. So the spirit that's coming back, maybe to help the other ghost, you know, that's there. Maybe a loved one that, that they knew. It's totally different energy, totally different feeling. Um, just really an ascended vibration, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it, and yeah, and it's amazing.
0: You, so you get those yeah. amazing vibe. You know when you yeah. when you i didn't have a good relationship with my mother i honored my mother i've saved her life really saved her life about seven times um and my last my last statement to my mother or, or or words were it didn't have to be this way and she looked away from me and she knew it and one of the things that, that that most people and my brothers don't even recognize the fact that because i do have certain i want to call them gifts or whatever you want to call them um mm-hmm. I I sense things. I know I know what's going on and I know that she knows that she screwed up. Right. And she screwed up royally. And you know what? I'm not, you know, at at her funeral service, there was a lot of people that that loved her for, you know, what she's did for them and whatever. She, they don't know the full truth behind this person. So, I had a choice to make which was very interesting because a lot of people were waiting to see what I was going to say that day. Um, and I took the road. I'm not here to ruin your impressions or your, your feelings towards a person. Right. That's not it. So I was very, very conservative with, you know, everything was like, you know, uh, you get from, from this person what they made your, your life better or, you know, whatever. Um, but when you, when she literally came back and it's very interesting, <laughs> um, she did a number on me and, and my, my, my wife and my, my child at the time even and my father. Um, but she came back and I, I know why she came back because she got to a certain point when she passed and they, they shit hammered her. And yeah. they said, you're not going any place until you fix what you've done. Right. And. The the she came back into to my apartment. I remembered there was no one there, and I heard her say hello, but in a way like when you're like like when you were sheepishly going into your parents' room because you screwed up, and you're like mom, dad, <laughs> you know, very <laughs> meekish. Yeah, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was one of those hello, and I said you're not allowed in this house until you fix the crap you start you fi- you 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 did, and. It's, it. look, I can forgive all you want, but you're not allowed to, you've done so much damage, you need to fix it. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, and another thing is I I don't forgive and I don't have a right to forgive. The only person or entity in my, my mind, and this is, you can do it, anybody can do what they want, but God is the one that forgives.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: You have to get forgiveness from the higher power. Me, I don't, you you can be forgiven by anybody you want. Doesn't mean you're going to get forgiven when you go to that, that, that spot.
1: Yeah, I really get from them, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but you know, one of the big questions I always ask my guests, or or try to if they're going to have an input on it, I ask them, What have you learned from the dead about living? and I get a lot of different answers, and they all, you know, a lot of them stem around, you know, tomorrow's promise to no one, tell the people you love that you love them now, if they meet up to you, let everything go. Um, the big thing that i I think I've learned um is is that. And I mean, I go through a lot of that in my family as well. I mean, big right. stuff, big
3: st- yeah, you
1: know, And yeah, just I got to the point where I'm just like, I'm letting it all go. I mean, if the people in my family, I mean, this is for me, you know, I can't tell right. anybody else what to do, but it, you know if if my father wasn't who he was, I wouldn't be here. You know, right. I mean, he was. I tell everybody, too, it's like you can't make a rock become a tree. No matter how much you <laughs> want that rock to be a tree, it's not going right. to be a tree. You know, you can hope and pray and try and roll it around. You know, it's just not going to be a tree. It's going to be a good rock. And my dad was a great rock. You know, Um a lot of people wanted him to be a tree. Not going to happen. Right. You know, so I just I did that experiment. And I know I've talked to you, Brian, about it, where. I knew nobody else was going to do it, so I just started sending him really good energy. And I had some very interesting things with several different friends who are mediums or psychics or psychic mediums. or right. And never prompted it. Um, and he's come through for the past four years of the more energy I send, yeah. the better off he's getting. you know, Because there's nothing I can do about what he did. He's going to have to go through it. I really think... That your, whatever you want to call them, your guides, your ascended masters, your whatever, your your higher self probably too, right. um, all gathers around you and you have to look at everything you've done. You have to look and you probably look at it from more than one point of view. This is what I've gathered. Right. So not only are you the guy yelling at the cashier because, you know, she screwed up something, but you get to see how the cashier reacted and what that caused the cashier to do later on, too. I really think it's that deep because we do things that aren't intentional that turn out to be bad, you know, with our actions or our things. And I think we're responsible for those. Uh, But then there's the really intent things. And, um, I know that he's got to go through a lot of stuff, and I think there's certain levels. I really think, I'm really starting to believe there's certain levels. Um, a lot of the dead that come back and talk say, okay, well, he's on another level. Um, I'm, I think your hell is self-induced. I think there is a place where your soul goes um, to where you just have to sit and think about what you've done. Like, It's
3: like a timeout. It's like a gigantic yeah.
0: timeout that lasts for eternity.
1: Yeah, I really sit over there
2: and think about what you've done.
1: (laughs) And then I think you get the kind of choice where you're kinda sitting, okay, well, your soul is kinda here and once you get there then you get the answers from I believe in past lives. I really do. And you kinda all of that stuff is your all that data is kinda collected and you go, Oh man, if I had done that one thing right, Right. I could have gone higher. I could have been a little bit more knowledgeable here and I want to lift myself up and go higher so I'm going to come back and do it again because you forget about all the pain and stuff we're going through. I really think this is school and I don't think that we just reincarnate on this planet or this dimension. I think there's others too because why would there be? Right. I mean, that's where I'm at now. I might learn something tomorrow that goes, okay, we're in a video game. I was wrong.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you that's, that's the problem. <laughs> um, I, do, I do think that there is that spot where, you know, you're sitting there and, um, first of all, when you pass, you're probably scared out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few are, are willing to accept what the heck happened. They don't know what's going on. And they're caught between those two realms. And I think what you do is you have an opportunity um, to amend, try to fix, set the record straight, or whatever you have an opportunity, and and by that learning process of, of how far, or how long you take before you cross into the big, you know, the, the you know the the luxury hotel, um, and then maybe get regenerated. You 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 know, with with your dad coming back with sending the positive energy. I mean, with my mother coming back, it's it's very interesting how. Some people are, I think you're very aware when you pass away. I don't think it's just, boom, you know, it's all-you-can-eat food bar and the bar is open and you have an unlimited tab, um, which would be great, fantastic. Um because, you know, in case in point, uh, my grandfather passed away when I was 16. And he literally came back to me in a dream. I remember it as if yesterday It wasn't a dream. It was reality. I just call it a dream because it happened at night. And I literally walk into the restaurant. I see him sitting there. I know exactly who he is. He gets up. He gives me a hug and a kiss. I feel his beard like I felt the last time I've actually physically were, was at his house. And I said, I said to him straight up, I said, Grandpa, you're dead. He goes, I know I am, honey. I'm here. I'm worried about your mother. Right. And he started going into it. I said, well, okay. And then I started telling him about my, you know, his wife, my grandmother. He goes, don't worry about her. I'll see her eventually soon. But I'm worried about mom. He was genuinely worried about his daughter. And, right. And he had a reason to because his daughter was just after that, within a month after that, that encounter I had and never told anybody. My mother had a heart attack because she never mm-hmm. took care of herself so and then i explained to her what i what i saw and it kind of think it blew her away because um i guess she was a little bit pissed off at her father because once the grandkids came she went to the wayside and the grandkids became the you know so it's always like you're always trying to get the attention there um but i think there are people that are strong enough to come back saying i'm worried about you and i'm worried about cisco go talk to cisco blah 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 blah, blah. i and i may not know what they want me to talk to him about And I think when you get people like my mother who came here and trying to probably make amends, and I said, no, you got to fix this, I think it's not that they go away and they don't change anything. They are going back to a spot and say, okay, how can I fix this when I can't get into this person's life? Now they have to start going and visiting other people that are associated with it.
1: Yeah. It happens all the time, man. And people don't even realize that all this is going on. And, you know, when you when you have somebody like going back to the Michael Madsen story, look how different uh, the reality of what was actually happening. And that's why one of the things um, I know, Steve. Kind of feels the same way about this is, you know, like when I talk about par- to paranormal investigators and stuff like that, when the whole ghost hunter thing started, they took everything, all the feeling out of it, not because they didn't have the feelings, but because they were approaching that show on trying to do it on a research scientific right. level. Because they didn't want people to say, okay, well, you can't prove a feeling. Um, And then I think everybody took it, you know, like took it to the extreme and said, okay, well, we can't have any of that feeling in there. When this has been going on for thousands of years, you can't take your intuition out of this. I mean, if you go into the woods and you see that rabbit, that rabbit knows that hawk is coming. The chickadee has given them, they've got like 27 different signals that the chickadee, a tiny little bird, tiny, tiny little bird gives out to not just warn other chickadees, but the other animals. That there's a hawk, not that, you know, and he's got one for a hawk, he's got one for an owl, he's got one for a cat. It's amazing when you start paying attention to nature. So why do we try... to take the feeling out of things, you know. There's so many things going on. Your mom, my dad, my mom coming back just to tell me, you know. And I'm trying. She's standing in front of me. I'm going in the army the next day, right. and I'm trying to get these answers out of her. I finally, she's in front of me, and I can actually find my voice and ask her questions. You know what she does? She smiles and she tells me telepathically, "Uh, uh, uh. You got to do this on your own. You're doing just fine. <laughs> I can't tell you that. I mean, what do you mean you can't tell me that?" <laughs> it's
0: like, well, it, it, it's funny steve you, you meant you know in in your bio you're talking about the uh the gy- gypsy witch which was your grandmother yes. yeah um and i mean she's telling you all these different things and stories and and all this crazy stuff have you ever had an experience where you had a family member come back to you that ate i had some of these stories
2: other than in dreams but uh my mother um it was october 22nd 2002 uh i was at work my daughter was at school my dad was out shopping my mom had just gotten out of the shower and uh, she'd opened the bathroom door to let the steam out and then step back into the bathroom she saw her mother standing in the doorway in the wearing the pink dress that she was buried in she had somebody with her she couldn't actually see the person but she could see the hem of their skirt And she looked up and she says, Mama, that's what she always called her, and said, without walking, grandmother just moved backwards out of the doorway, like down the hall toward the bedroom door. My mom throws on a robe, goes there, the bedroom door is still shut. She opens it up, nothing in there. Well, exactly one year to the day, October 22nd, 2003, my mom passed away. And that's I've always thought that that was like her mother saying, hey, you know, get ready. Yep. You got a year. Yep. Whatever, and I'm, I hope hope I get the same
0: uh, warning sign, the same
2: thing. Yeah, if I see my grandmother, I know I got to get my shit together. You know, it's like
0: either that or you got to go back to Vegas. I'm not looking for a heartache. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Box guard.
1: I don't want to know. I think because I lost everybody very young. Um, I mean, I was with death so early. I can remember going to my first funeral on somebody's hip, and it was my uncle. My my aunt, my mother's uncle, I think, I, Uncle Albie. That's who it was. Wow, I can't remember I remember that name. But I mean, I was so young; it was probably like three, you know. And there's some yeah. people I meet, you know, adult, never been to a funeral, you know. Right, um, that
2: was a big I, event for me as yeah. a Yeah. You know? oh, oh yeah.
1: And my parents
2: were older. I was late in life. Unexpected baby. My one brother is 17 years older than I am. So basically, my parents raised two families there, and. uh, yeah, when I was a kid, we'd go there, you know, every little bit somebody would die and we'd go to the funeral home. Yeah, my dad was like older than I am now when I was born, and I'll be 56 this year. And it was, you know, just, and I thought about that not too long ago. When I was a kid, I went to more funerals and funeral yeah. home. Receiving of friends Then I did kid birthday parties. Of course, I didn't. I was a quiet kid. I was an Aspie. I didn't interact too much with the other kids. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't get invited to a lot of parties. But funeral, funeral home, let's go. I love it. You know,
0: it's like oh, yeah. you, oh we're gonna eat, we're gonna drink, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, you it's know. Tough, but it,
1: but it makes you prepare for life. I mean, I'm I'm always saying, you know, look. Uh, I mean, I, I just did it here. Um, put packing up the Christmas tree. I've got ornaments on there that belong to my mom from like the 50s, maybe even the 40s. You know, I've got I've got very few things of hers, so it means a lot to me. Each one of those ornaments from the manger or whatever, and every time I box it up, I. I, I I just said this to my son yesterday. I said, "Listen, I've lost couches." He says, "What are you doing putting our <laughs> number and that?" So I said, "I've lost couches, I've lost husbands, I've lost pets, you know." I said, "But somehow I've hung on to this stuff and by God when I die, that's why I put your name and your address on this box and your yep. you know. <laughs> Getting this, if something happens to me, and it's your responsibility to take it over, you know, and and I want my grandkids hanging this on a Christmas tree, one you know, and I mean, it just it's like you prepare for stuff, not in a morbid way, but you're you're in touch with your, you know, your mortality, you know, in a lot of ways, and it makes you think about being a little kinder uh, to people. I, I'm I'm famous for you know you know, I'm a hugger, you know, I'll shake your hand and, you know, give you a hug or whatever, because I figure I've done a lot of things in my life. And if I really do have to go through everything that I've done, I'm going to need those hugs at the end. (laughs)
0: Seriously, you got to well, she's got a lot of hugs. Uh, Okay, let her go. Let her go. No, you you know, it's reading, reading the the book that you both uh, authored, um, I, I, Reminded of the, the the first story you start out with, and you're talking about all you know, all your family members and relatives, and they're hushing it, you know, keeping you hushed up, or, you know, up, uh, you know, like the knives are thrown again. Give Cisco an apple, you know, or whatever, <laughs> keeping you out of it. I I think, you know, unbeknownst to them, I I think you were probably more capable of handling it than they were, and yeah. that's why you were kind of spared this because, you know, the powers that be knew that you were going to be you know, you're gonna be more in touch with this this type of stuff. But you're one hundred percent correct. Um as you get older, you should become nicer and you should be thankful for the things you have. I love history and I love passing on the history. The problem we have in this world and I think it also aids to the negativity, is that um most people, even family members have forgotten what family's about, have forgotten about their history, have forgotten yeah. the importance of their history and are literally living examples of why we need to remember our history so we don't repeat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not on a negative thing. You want to repeat the Christmas party. You want to, re- you know, I love when you have, I grew up, I, I, you know, I, two different celebrations during Christmas. It's always Christmas. I don't like saying seasoned greetings or happy holidays. I like to say okay. Merry Christmas. I had a Christmas tree in my house. Now, if my mother's mother saw knew that we had a Christmas tree, she'd, she'd pass out because I was born into a different religion. So I kind of celebrated both. Um, but, you know, that's why I'm very spiritual. I, I lean towards I love Christmas and I call it Christmas trees. I love, you know, the fact that we are so diversified as people. That you can believe in what you want to believe in, and we can come together—what we used to be mm-hmm. able to. But this negativity that's popping up. I think it's because yeah. we've lost touch with how important family is, and it's not me first. You know, like f you, me yeah. first. So,
1: it's—it's yeah. it's a little strange. We got broken along the way somewhere. I mean, I say all the time, it's—it's it's a joke. I think we've come a long way from the Waltons, but oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I mean, you think about that though. Um just look at the television shows and stuff like that, and I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes. But you know, people that's not a, that, that's not by accident, you know. There's a programming kind of thing that, that does go on. Um and it's not just I remember gosh, was I in early high school or whatever when um oh what was it? Cowboy, uh was it not wasn't Urban Cowboy. Oh gosh, what was that with Dustin Hoffman? Yeah, I, and, and, and
0: Robert Redford.
1: No, it wasn't Robert Redford. Was it was it was John Voight. Oh, uh, Midnight Cowboy.
0: Electri- Electric yeah. Cowboy.
1: Yeah. And it, when it came out, there was an argument about whether it was going to be an X or not. Because it right. had one word in it. So they gave it an X rating, and then they were afraid it wasn't going to do good in the theaters. So they took the one word out and got an R. But the censorship and stuff. And, you know, free speech and art and all that, I get it all. But... Gosh, we're being bombarded. Now I can turn on the TV and watch, you know, zombies getting their heads blown off 24 yeah. hours a day on at least four or five channels. And the stuff that we're seeing, we're becoming desensitized to things. We're being desensitized to families as well because look at it. I've heard people bragging that, you know, they, they went in, they had the baby. Right. And, you know, four weeks later, the baby's in, you know, uh, nursing uh uh, care you know daycare and they're back to work and i'm like wait a minute i gave up everything you know i didn't need the new car i drove junk cars i drove this you know i paid my rent i worked, but i had my kids and nobody watched them but me i raised
0: that. Yeah, no you know what i am I, I totally agree with you unfortunately we <laughs> live in this different time when when the the currency is valued more than the um care and uh yeah. And, and, and everybody's actually just trying to survive. Um, I get it's, that. And, it's, and I'm not
1: somebody you know, that has to do that. But I found out, like I sat down with one of my, one of, one of my siblings, and he's like, well, you know, well, well, this and this. I'm like, wait a minute. I have less stuff, and therefore I have less bills. I mean, I have what I have to have. I live very simply. Right. and I'm very happy to that not everybody can do that however you know I sat down with my kids I made things with them I taught them things I taught them how to survival techniques I took them out in the woods and I taught them how to do this and this and this I took time wrong or right I know my I know my my sons um, you know and yep. and A lot of cultures, too, when the old person gets old, well, it's easier for them to stay in the nursing home because I can't stay. We made it so easy. And I think even marriage, you know, it's like, you know, okay, done and good, you know, done and out, you know, nobody sticks with anything. And I get it. But it's, everything's changed, you know. I mean, and look over in China. I mean, the main thing is, is that, you know, they want to have a son, so the son to get married, and they get, you know, take care of the parents. I mean, you don't just yeah. put them off somewhere. It, Cultures are different. Native is very much like that. You take care of the older people, and then when the old people in certain tribes got to the point where they themselves said that they cannot be of any use to the, to the the to the village or their family... They went off and leaned against a tree and died or yeah. went off on an ice floe in Alaska or went off in that thing. I mean, it's amazing the things that have changed.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, we're trying to have this humanistic type of uh, mentality or, or actions, but it really has become robotic instead of human. And, you know, this aids into the when you're talking about spirits getting attached to you, like, like these people are so stressed out, they don't even realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get attached. We, we've got to change our philosophy in life. I like the fact that you have a guided tour through a haunted life, because I think <laughs> there's a lot here that can actually let the reader live their life to the fullest. You know, you don't have mm-hmm, to definitely. have these crazy experiences. You can be positive. Um, and as you both said before, grounding yourself, you could, yeah. you could, you know, I, I mean. One way to ground yourself is an easy way to do it. It's kind of like grounding yourself. You've got to start doing things with your hands. Um, and they just did a study with this. They said that we don't do things with our hands anymore, so everybody's stressed out. There was a guy that was head of, like, one of the big tech companies, worth billions of dollars. He quit. So he can now do, um, I think he does um, glass blowing or something like that because he missed working with his hands. He feels more fulfilled with his life
1: yes i'm making jewelry i'm constantly twisting wire or making something and if i don't and i'm probably doing 10 things at once i have to do that yep and the yep. more so, busier yeah. i get when i'm doing that and steve does too i and,
2: draw and i paint yeah. so just i've got to be creating I'm something constantly so I, yes writing is a part of that too you right know? I I find you that to
1: we're you. in the middle of that steve that you're even more open to picking up stuff because i know i am it's yeah. like it's like I'm shutting off one part of myself doing those things. And then I open up to something else. And I think that is a form of meditation. So it I is, and
2: that's so some forward. of my fiction that I write, some of my movie scripts and things that I'm working on. I'll sit there and you get into this zone, Yep, and then you go back later and you read it, and you're like, oh, "Holy shit, did I write that?" That's good. <laughs> yeah, I know. you, you, you kind of get lost in the story and the process of creation, and it just—I've <laughs> literally had characters come to life on the page. Yes, I love it too, and I and think that like Walter Gibson, the guy that wrote the uh, the Shadow Story, Cisco and I have talked about this. Oh, that's a good one. Tell, tell this yep. a, a townhouse that he lived in there in New York. And he wrote hundreds of these shadow novels and screenplays about Lamont Cranston, who was the shadow, you know, the shadow nose and all that, that you were talking about earlier on the radio. Well, it got to a point where visitors to his house and himself as well started seeing Lamont Cranston, you know, the guy with the scarf and the slouch hat. Right. And it was like, almost like a topa or something, you know, like a, He had created something there just from the thought process and the creation and all the blood, sweat, and tears that he put into that writing being so prolific that it manifested. And i just yeah, people, he would have dinner parties, and people, you know, who's the guy with the hat and the scarf? Yep. <laughs> that's the shadow. So,
1: and we, that's, yeah, and we've talked about that before with the Philip Experiment and Slenderman and stuff like that, and Tulpas, and I mean, that's a that's very real thing.
3: thing. Right. Energy. Energy.
2: Energy. energy out there, or energy. real intense energy just from one or a few people, because, you know, not only was he writing it, but you had all these people listening on the radio and seeing all that in their mind. And yeah, that right. adds to that
0: energy. And, then, and, and nope. you know, one of the things that energy does, you get energy from enjoyment. When you're happy, you're you're, you're uh, euphoric. You have an energy. You raise your vibration. You're not aware of this. Um, and, and I don't think when, when you mentioned, like, you shut your one side of your body, you know, part of your shut out something or shut down on one side when you're creating. What I think happens is you actually open all of your sides. And mm-hmm. you're now using two different hemispheres of your brain and maybe even the third eye. And you're more receptive to this. I think if, I always said, one of my problems in the last couple of years was I stopped listening to music. I used to listen to music all the time. I'd sing it, I'd you know walk around singing and, and whatever. And cause life got a hold of me. I got sucked into this negative end of, of everything competing with whoever you had to compete with. And it, it literally sucked a part of me out. And I've noticed that once I started bringing music back into my life, life's better. Does mm-hmm. um, your vibration? Say again?
1: It raises your vibration.
0: It, it does. And, and you know, a great example of seeing how, how things affect us, there was a documentary, I think Nat, Nat Geo did it, uh, Camp Respecto, I believe it was called. Uh, it was in Afghanistan. So they, they literally videotaped and filmed these guys 24-7 for the time period that they were in on that tour. And they interviewed them every day. And you can see the videos over time. These kids started and they had this light in their eyes, right? It was it was literally like a light coming from them and they, they had smiles and they were, you know, up up uh, up optimistic. Up I'm to just pronounced that wrong. Um, and you you know like it was wonderful and at the towards the end you could see that their eyes got Dark, kind of like like a great white shark, and they were mm-hmm. like i can't get a real job i've just been killing people for the last six months, yeah. and you can see the toll that this has taken on them. They went from being children basically or young people mm-hmm. but children to that's it and, and and it's 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 taking place over your you know you over this series that's been going there or wherever the film was, and it's just mind boggling um mm. I think we need. I think if we started playing more music in this world, and people instead of hustling and bustling and trying to earn a buck, were able to just sit back and say, you know what, I want to paint today, and they painted. And I'm not looking for a utopian society because, frankly, folks, uh, everybody's like, oh, we'll I have a utopia where you know everybody's happy and we're all wearing tunics. It would be boring as shit. <laughs> okay, and I'll tell you right off the bat, if we do have that utopia. I'm going to be the motherfucker that's going to be lighting, giving people hot foots because there's no <laughs> way in hell I'm living like that. You know, it's just not, it's boring. You there's got to be
1: a balance somewhere too. And right. if the dead keep coming back and telling us, look, I made mistakes. I did this wrong. I treated this person this way. And it's so much to hold them back from wherever it is. They're, they have to do now. I mean, cause who knows what that is, but I think it's something you know, it's it, it just time after time after time after time. And all the things that we know. I mean, look, we've got a combined data research team here for how long? I mean, Steve, at least forty-five, 50, I've yeah. been doing at least 50. Yep. How long have you been at it, Brian? How long have you been I've, been, I've been really
0: into this subject since I've been about 10 years old. So I'm about 40 yeah. years in.
1: Okay, yeah, so, so there's that, like 140
0: years 20 experience years or whatever years. it is. Yeah.
1: So. That's a lot of years, and we didn't, ha- we haven't known each other or talked, you know, until like this year. And here we are combining all of our stuff, and we're coming up with a lot of the same things, you know. I mean. There must be something to it. We all got our research and did our stuff on our own, and then came together here at the end, and we're saying basically a lot of the same stuff, you know. And that's got to that's got to count for some, you know. (laughs) And I think it's in what you do
2: with it too. I sort of look in the back of my mind. I sort of think as the internet and all this connected technology and everything is sort of a new Tower of Babel. Well, we uh-huh. know what happened the last oh, yeah. time. They messed it up and God scattered them and confused yeah. their languages. And yeah. I think that's kind of where we're headed now because, you know, you see all this, you know, it's got all this information overload. They're mm-hmm. working with gene splicing and gene editing and designer babies and designer pigs and meat grown oh, yeah. in a yep. lab and things. And it's like they yeah. are playing God. And then whatever they're doing at CERN. And, you know, it may just come to a point where God's like, okay, that's enough. You're going back to,
1: you know, stones and sticks. Ah, here you go. It's possible, possible, Steve. But that the thing is, is Steve and I, when we wrote this book, it's just uh, for that kid that's on the bicycle going to the bakery and, you know, wanting to go and get a book that gives them some answers in some way. And it's like not... It's not an encyclopedia of answers. It's here's our experiences. Here's my experiences. Here's your guided tour through my haunted life. This is what I found out along the way. And I've had a lot more experiences that are in the book. But I chose ones in, you know, basically in the order that they happened and how I came to believe where I was toward the end. And then, you know, at the very end, that's the chapter. And it's called um, Who Could Love Me? Gettysburg Ghost Speak. Right. where basically I took that, now I'm going to help, and this is what I do. This is what I try to do. I try to help, and this is my way of helping them, You know, and I have multiple reasons for that, but the reason, another reason I bring up that chapter, too, is we were talking about when you're writing, um, you can get lost in it, and you look up, and it's almost like all these characters are there. I can tell you right now, when I wrote that chapter, I was not alone in the room. Mm-hmm. I can right. tell you... Without a doubt, there was All multiple. Of her
2: stories are good, but that one is just, she knocked it out of the park yep. with that one. That's the most powerful story in there. And I just, I didn't even want to write anything for that one. But she insisted that I write <laughs> something. I just, I didn't want to detract from because it had that much power and that much energy and that much feels to it. You know, that you could just like, wow.
1: Thank Sorry, I didn't so mean much. to interrupt
2: you, sister, but no. I had to point that out. <laughs>
1: Into it and I can tell, you know, what I was telling, they don't want to be forgotten. And I can tell you by the third day I sat down, because I think I did that one probably in the three-day stint, you know, of, and I mean like eight, nine hours in front of the right. computer and you're, you're going back and you're correcting and um, there was other people here in the room and I would almost guarantee two of them were, were ones I've met on the field. Because they want their story told, they don't want to be forgotten, and I think there might be a resurgence of that. And I had thought about this at this very conversation because of things that are going on right now, because of the civil unrest. You know, I mean, you know, I understand. You know, first of all, you know, if you don't like the way your life is, change it. It, it, People seem to get stuck in these things, and I say all the time, you know, bus tickets, fifty bucks, get on it start over someplace else. I mean, I know that sounds insane, but there are people that get stuck in this cage of like the inner city or whatever, and you don't realize what it's like if you go wind up in the middle of Tennessee somewhere, you know, and go work in a farm or wash dishes if you have to. The people in this country that came over here, you know, as immigrants or started out or got pushed off their land and had to start off someplace else, depending on who you're talking about, you know they they said okay this is where i am this is what i need you know i have the people around me that i love or i'm going to find new friends and find you know people that i can love and you just change it don't sit in a place where you're miserable and then you're going to spend turn around and it's 50 years later and you, you didn't do something yeah. and they didn't know, you know they were
2: miserable back then yeah. you know just yeah. a couple of <laughs> generations back my dad's parents they lived out in the middle of nowhere in uh middle tennessee on the cumberland plateau and you know they they didn't have electricity until my dad was a big kid and then it was batteries they had these giant batteries that looked like a, a fish tank or something they had like a dozen of them out there and it lit you know a couple of tiny little light bulbs in the house uh they you had to draw water you had to chop wood you had to mm-hmm. You know, go buy coal or whatever and haul it back and forth. He went to get groceries. You know, it was an all-day ordeal to to go into town and get stuff and bring it back on a a buckboard. And people, you know, now think, you know, oh, what if there's an EMP attack and everything shuts down? What? I mean, a lot of people would starve. A lot of people would go nuts. People would off themselves. (laughs) But the people like that, uh, they would survive. I mean, the, the. The only people that it wouldn't affect are, like, you know, some of the nomadic tribes and things that Mm -hmm. you have that, that get out and wander the desert and stuff and go from place to place that don't use any technology. But we've become so dependent on it. And, I mean, I can remember a time when we didn't have all that. And now you can't imagine a time without it. So it's, but people would adapt, people would survive. It would be tough and not everybody would make it.
0: Yeah.
1: We we didn't have electricity for uh, weeks upon weeks, you know. And, you know, everybody thinks, okay, everybody'd be all right. If something like that happened, everybody would take three months for people to start losing it and this and that. And I'm like, no. No. It was 24 hours when Sandy hit before people were lined up in gas lines. And panic that there was no gas, and they're they're sitting in gas lines for you know seven eight hours to get gas. They don't realize they're burning more gas sitting in that line. Yep. <laughs> the gas the gas is not being delivered, and they're angry and they're seething at each other. They're pulling each other out of car. I'm telling you, I w- witnessed it. They're yep. pulling each other out of cars and beating the crap out of each other because this one pulled in and took the spot or beeped the horn or whatever. It was everybody was so on edge, and it's unbelievable. There is just a powder keg of emotion going on right now, and I think if everybody just chills and realizes what's important to you—your child, you know, your husband, you know, your friend, whatever—you um, know, what do you need in life? To survive, not not even to be comfortable, to survive. What you really, really need, you know,
0: food, uh, water, and shelter, and fire.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, a weapon goes along with that too.
1: <laughs> but well, I mean, there's a chance that something could happen. You know, if we really put everything on that, there is a chance that something could happen that we are all knocked into back into the almost like the stone age again, real quick. So you got to think about it. You know, life would change. You're not maybe not going to be able to get into your car to commute an hour to go to your job. No. You know what are you going to do? Um, you, it would almost be a
2: blessing if you could survive. Yeah. You know you, you walk everywhere you go you forage for food you grow vegetables you you know yeah. get the experience of hauling water from the creek up to the house you know if <laughs> there, there will be things that are attractive to it because i've often thought that i would love to have a cabin out in the middle of the woods no internet no electricity nothing you know just me and the great outdoors and nature and I wonder how quick I'd get tired of it, but there's a certain appeal to that lifestyle of going off the grid and not being dependent on anything other than yourself and your higher power for your survival.
0: I, I think you have a lot of people that are um, young right now, the younger ones under the age of like, like you know, from like 30 down, even maybe 35-year-olds, they couldn't handle it. Um, um. I got stuck, um, I remember, what was it, a couple a month back when we had the it was supposed to be two inches of snow and a, and a dusting and it became an ice storm <laughs> like on the east coast we got stuck for seven and a half hours in the car um, yeah literally like a thousand feet away from an exit which was driving me absolutely nuts and um, my oldest started freaking out. I can't take it. I can't take this anymore. You know, <laughs> and, and, and like, and I'm just kind of like laughing. It was, it was a little bit more amusement for me. I get it because I was in the same position. But she bugged out, and my youngest started throwing up. So that was you know like the cherry <laughs> on the cake. That? So <laughs> was so it was, it was fun. You know, was uh, that so was, the anxiety
2: or was she, she ill? She no, throwing up part.
0: Or- you know what? I, I think it was a combination of like. <laughs> She was she was bundled up we're in the car the heat was on it was like you know too cold to yeah. open all yeah, the windows too hot, too hot. Yeah. and she was just tired and she didn't eat and you know and she it's really it's really <laughs> funny it's I re- I remember that. this fondly it was like I went to the dentist had root canal got gas and then my wife said you know we don't have dessert for them so go get <laughs> some donuts so I bought a dozen donuts right and we got in the car and like within Three minutes of getting in the car, we got stuck in this road, and it took us for forever. Don't. So she may have had a little bit of a donut initially before throwing it up. But the whole point is, like, my kid is gonna go. I already know she will go ballistic <laughs> if an EMP hits. She's done. She's yeah. just gonna go. She's gonna go batty because these kids don't know what it's like not to have that that electronic device or, or whatever. Yeah, my complex. daughter's
2: the same way, uh, and she, she was born in 1990, but yeah. she doesn't remember a time when we didn't have a home computer. You yeah. Know? It's, you know, it's always been there. It's gotten a lot faster and uh, prettier, you know, and the the resolutions and stuff, but she's always – I mean, she's a tiny thing, you know. She, yeah. she uses a computer, so.
0: I just think that, that like, you know, I, I was just talking about this with someone – the other day about an EMP hitting and I said I wouldn't mind if it did happen because we don't need the cell phones anymore. I think what would happen is you'd have that chaos like you were saying, you know, Cisco, like twenty four to forty eight hours, people just go nuts. That would there would be a killing off of that. And then people would slowly within a month they would start slowly settling into like what they're gonna be able to do and and with whom. You may have these little little bitty communities you know, built growing up like little villages where everybody's helping each other in different aspects yep. of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and
1: then you got the crazies, and everybody have to take care of the crazy. I think Jericho yeah. was a real good. Um, that was
0: agree. I was just yeah. about to say that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, all I was thinking was nuts. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But, but that, see, that's. It's like your nature to survive and everything else. I mean, you know, it's just like any old nineteen seventies uh, disaster movie. Like remember the old ones with yep. the what was it, earthquake, and then it was like the tower. Towing Inferno and
2: Poseidon Adventure and. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> you've all got the ankle breakers in your choir, and I'm one of those persons. Who's like, look, lady. You know, I'm not dragging you out of here. I'll get you out of here, but you're getting up and walking because I'm not dragging you out of here. Oh, yeah. make me knock you out, you know, yeah. because that's just the way that's the way it is. But I've always been that way, you know, because I've always had to survive. I mean, I never knew when I was a kid where, you know, if we had to move, I was always a new kid in the buck, you know,
3: yep.
1: I've always had to make. Do with what we had, and you know what? I was really glad for, it. and I like the, I, I appreciate the, the little things, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I really get a lot out of it, and and I try very hard to stay attached to that because I know there's something more, and I'm supposed to learn something in this, and you know, if in another life I was a real jerk, and I'm paying for it now by doing whatever. I'm I'm fine with that because I'd rather learn it now than have to come back and do this again. Yeah, (laughs) it like
2: goes over into the. Theory, Edgar Casey, and people written about the Akashic Record,
0: right? Where yeah.
2: not only everything you've said or done or thought, but everything all humankind has ever said, done, or thought, in this huge library. And some people believe that that's where you go to, and you read. Okay, you know, here's what you did. Read this, memorize
0: it. Now go back
2: and don't do it
0: that way this time. Yeah, well, yeah. there's going to be a lot of no. uh, <laughs> screw ups back then. Now they're going to yeah. come back
1: true you know to the people listening if that's true just think about it you know i mean we are in this time where everything is you know fixed with a button or forgotten real quick or you know uh, i mean like the the bullying and the things that we do to to, to one another um the, just because you don't see the payback now doesn't mean there isn't going to be right and what, like come up yeah. in or, you know what goes around comes around I'm telling you the things that I am learning from the dead that I've spoken to that have come back and spoke to me the ones that have lost and come back are telling me there will be you know you're creating your own bill?
0: build
2: it changes it, things and people you yeah. know it's you look back, something that made you so mad, and now it's like, you know, I don't even remember what I was mad about. And my dad used to have a saying, he said, if it won't matter a hundred years from now, then don't worry about it. And that's, you know, that's words to live by right there. And yeah. I remember, and this has been even 20, 30 years ago now, I remember there was a kid that bullied me in elementary school, and, you know, I mean, when I run into him later on, you know, I'm going to beat his ass and all this, and then I see the guy, like, 20 years or something out of high school. He's like this sad old man, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, <laughs> you know, that, yep. and it's it's kind of mean sounding, but sometimes living well is the best revenge. And I don't mean being rich, but just having what you need, having your needs met, that's, that's the secret, I think, to, to living yep. well and, and rising above all the shit that you went through in elementary yeah. school. And everybody goes through it, but it just – our generation—it never occurred to me, you know, to shoot up the school or to hang myself or anything like that—and that's that's a sad commentary on our, our current times that we're in. I think. Yeah,
0: that that's a, that's a byproduct of of um of people that that were probably bullied, and I think it was done in in probably a positive, you know, like trying to do positive change, but it really turned everybody into just a bunch of assholes. Um, the we're all winners we're all winners type of I'll philosophy. Stop, I'll, I'll stop it, it, is is really bad because what happens is if if nobody loses, then you don't understand how to chat you know, how right. to handle Everybody's loss. a winner.
2: We get a participation trophy right. and it's like what's the point? But the Internet, uh, the anonymity of it has brought out the asshole in people.
0: Right. And you
2: have people say stuff, you know, on Facebook or Twitter or whatever that they wouldn't dare say to somebody's face, you know. Sure.
1: No. And, there is, and that's being taken down, too. Every single thing. Now you've put something negative out there that you can't control how far it goes. Yep. So are you going to be responsible for every person that that affects?
3: Yeah.
2: And there is yes, like right. I've read where like you go in yes. for a job interview, they'll go through your social media and say, Well, what about this tweet from two thousand and eight where you said this word or you call this person that like, wait, what?
3: <laughs> uh, well
1: it's like that strange thing that they say, Well, when you put something out on the internet and, you know, it goes out, it's out into the universe. Yes, well they don't realize how how Right on that statement is yep. because it is going, and you are going to be responsible for it. So, I mean, if that's true, and everything that I've seen from the little bit that I know, the people coming back and telling me about the wilderness of the afterlife, it is true. So, think about that, and so why not put out something positive? Why not be kind? Hold that door open for that There's older lady, or
0: just like good morning. If- you know what the
2: words it, it, you say appeared on your skin? Would you like the way you looked?
0: Wow, okay. that that is the truth. That's why I have two different Facebook accounts, and I also have right multiple Twitter accounts. You're so <laughs> much <more. laughs> Oh, I mean, you have no idea. You have no idea.
1: My like here's another picture of a cat. Yeah, are to get stickers. bar. No. you know, it's just you, you know. I just try to put positive out there. It doesn't mean that I don't get mad and I don't get angry. I mean, have we met? You know, I'm a fiery <laughs> little
3: redhead, you know.
1: I mean, if you back me into the quarry you hurt somebody I care about, I'm the first one. I'll never forget this time. This poor guy beat just <laughs> for the wrong time at me. And I was weird. I had to get up early in the morning. I think it was to take, uh, I think it was to drop one of my sons off at um, a class or something. I mean, it's early. It's like 6 o'clock in the right. morning or something. I'm wearing... PJs with a leather jacket. My hair was just unruly. And I'm, I'm drinking coffee out of a regular coffee cup. And he beeps at me, and I was like, That's it, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's my, oh, you
1: know, this big, you know, black shepherd, you know, in the car. He's like, Mom, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, no. I'm talk to this guy. I come out of that car by the time I got up to his car I can imagine what I look like. And I still have <laughs> Like, the horn is not an exclamation point for your feelings. It's the horn that might be coming at you that don't see you. Do you get that? You have my attention. Would
3: you keep no. my attention? You know, and posted
2: on facebook one time cisco was like yeah i'm considered the black sheep of the family but i'm the first one they call when the shit goes down and <laughs> exactly that, that, that rings true right? that rings,
1: it's, right it's well, they call me big stuff you know it's like you know from the paranormal to the you know somebody's speaking on me and i'm like well, how old are you
0: yeah you know exactly
1: it's like why, why do I have to tell you? Yeah, that's absolutely true. But yeah. but I'm the one that everybody talks about at the family. I've read about. I wrote about a couple of my family. <laughs> 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 <that book.
0: laughs> oh, those yeah, are coming I out of major motion pictures like
2: Sitting there and like, am I really <laughs> related to these people? Holy cow, we have nothing in common. Nothing. See,
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: so the thing is, is they thought you know, growing up that uh, 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 like I said in. The first, one of the first stories I take back because it was at the haunted farmhouse and everybody. Was seeing things. Everybody knew something was in the basement. Everybody knew something was going on with that barn. Everybody got the creepiness coming out of that cornfield. But see, I had a dad who was not having any of that nonsense. So you didn't talk about it. And that man, you didn't need to set him off. He was, God bless him, he was World War II vet and he had yep. no problem. He liked to cover it up with alcohol. And he was just mean. I
3: mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, he's been through some stuff that, that was I, most people haven't.
1: Well, Steve and I, when I first you know, started talking to Steve and I told the story about the flying head and the red ribbon, and this is one of the reasons why when I tell a story, I tell the story. I don't say, okay, well, head flew out, it was, do, da, 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 da. you know, because I could do that. But first of all, you're, you're disrespecting the listener. You're not telling the story. They're not feeling it. They're not getting the emotion. So I tell the story. You know, because and I I tell it for the listener and I tell it for another reason because when I tell the story to someone else who's listening, a new person or whatever, I get their feedback from that and I've learned so much. And one of the first times that I told the story, I think it was on Zaria's show with Steve, and Steve said, "Did you ever consider that quite possibly uh, something negative from that house?" latched on to your dad and made your dad worse because of the I call him cracks in the windshield Right. because of the things that he had going on and he was an easy target and I'm like you know, no I didn't and I, I, it, it seems like yeah, um, it's
2: kind of makes sense you know, it's kind of logical that
1: and then it made me
2: think oh, well, kind of like we were talking about, you know, if you're sad and depressed you can attract things like that, well if you're oh, yeah. angry and pissed off, well there that comes those
1: spirits or or whatever you want to call them coming into that house stirred something up and fed that you know so I mean I think it worked both ways I really really do and all the times that I thought as a child that he was fighting uh, with something that wasn't there maybe it was you know and he didn't know how to deal with it and I take that all the way through till today and I look at other people that are going through this. And I had, you know, like, uh, not too long ago, I had a, a, a girl fight me on the Ouija board. I said, look, you do whatever you want. Um, ouija board's a Ouija board. There's nothing in the Ouija board. You know, symbols and things like that on Ouija boards may help. You know, I mean, it's,
3: it's, can, it's I a tool, know,
2: like tarot cards yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I can do the same thing without the cards, but Absolutely. it's the cards or something concrete for the person yeah. you're doing it for to, to you know, put their trust in it or their faith in it because if I just tell you something you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But if I'm throwing it out in the cards I'm like, this card exist, and this card means this and this means this and this means that it's like, oh, okay. You know, right. it makes more sense.
3: Well
1: that's absolutely true. But you know, I was asking her too, I said she well if you sweetie your question, nothing ever happened to me. Okay. Maybe you have that certain energy that it's not affecting you, but it's maybe using you as a catalyst. You're calling in this stuff. And then you're leaving. How do you know what doors you opened? How do you know you're it right. didn't affect your neighbor hey. or the next person that's Did living you there? These closed doors that you opened. No. Most no. of them don't. don't no. You know, Steve's got a story about a, a a lady in the apartment or something like that that killed the killed the lady upstairs and it didn't affect the people that were actually doing it downstairs or something. Oh, but do you, tell. You, yeah. Tell that, Steve. Do you remember uh, it? I'm trying that? to remember which. I think it was an apartment, and the people downstairs were doing some kind of either Ouija boards or something like that. And the lady was, was there—a teddy bear involved in it.
2: Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, it was a um, lady that I knew in East Tennessee. Her and her husband owned a grocery store. And um when she was a, a young girl, she lived with a, a lady, like rented a room from somebody, and. Um, the uh, unbeknownst to her, the lady was like a hardcore witch and had this secret room where she cast spells and did anything. And this lady didn't know anything about it. And one day, another girl that, that was a boarder there said, hasn't, you know, Miss So-and-so ever done anything for you? And she's like, what do you mean done anything for me? And then the girl took her and showed her this room with all these, you know, grimoires and occult books and uh, potions and stuff. But then much later in life she had all these things happen to her and it would like it would only affect her like on sundays she couldn't get out of bed to go to church and she started seeing things in her house and and once yes, she looked up and there was a teddy bear standing in the doorway kind of dancing back and forth and shaking its fists at her and she saw these entities that uh, had no face it was just black and all this weird stuff started happening and she traced its lineage back to that, that there were things unbeknownst to her that she was exposed to in that room that she rented from in this house. There were things in there that the lady either didn't have control of or didn't care what they did that had attached themselves to her and didn't manifest until, you know, 10, 20, 30 years later. Wow. Things in your past, you know, and if the girl hadn't shown her the secret room, she wouldn't have had any idea that she was living under the roof with somebody that was doing these, you know, I know a lot of people don't consider that evil or white witchcraft or whatever, but I think that anytime you're trying to force your will on somebody else, that that's wrong.
0: Right. I mean, it's, that's a terrible situation. Maybe if she didn't get into that room, she wouldn't have even had the attachments and it's good to know that this lady now has an Airbnb so anybody that wants to stay there <laughs> <laughs> you can rent a room she's got a five star rating <laughs> you know
3: what what you're opening
1: yourself or somebody else up to you know i mean i've got an, another <laughs> i don't think i was ever supposed to touch him and i think at the time if I had, I probably would have gone down the wrong road. And I, I think about young people all the time who might have an ability and they're trying to figure it out. You know. So the first yep. thing I say is look for an open place in your town. Because mm-hmm. most of them have them now, whether it's a Reiki or you know um, that shop that's got the stuff. And yep. go in there and ask them, say, who's in this area? Do you have anything like a psychic... Um, uh, yeah. Like a psychic fair or something like that. And I love those because you can go in and see who you match up with, whether it be, a, you know, if they're going to do a reading for you or, or, or something along those lines. And ask those uh, men and women there what they're doing about grounding. How did they find out about their stuff? There's all kinds of things. And it's best if you meet one-on-one rather than going online. I'm sure there's a lot of people online. Yeah. I have a lot of good friends
2: Absolutely.
0: who are
1: yeah. free.
2: But in freak. person, it's much easier to, to tell the difference between a shaman and a charlatan. 100 yeah, You
1: try to find your, uh, your path, what's right for you, because you don't know what your ability is. I, there was this one girl, God bless her, she was uh, about 22, she had a three-year-old little boy, and when she panicked, what she had been doing is trying, her ability was very much like six cents. Right. She would see pe- she would see ghosts that were stuck and stuck in their death state. So they would appear to her as they did as they died. So if they were in a car accident or a bicycle accident or a g- God help her. bloody
2: it, it, oh it was man, a- That would be tough. People all bloody and mangled or imagine a suicide victim would have to head gone or something.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. I think, bless her heart. She tried drugs to knock herself out to go to sleep. And I see this a lot. She didn't know who to turn to. She couldn't talk to her parents. Uh, she was just in the state and by the time her child um started getting older now he's seeing them right. See, that's she said i got to do something so she went to just to, to get him and um she went about it kind of like i just said and she got into with some people and i have a lot of friends who are um uh, into Wicca. I think it's a wonderful misunderstood uh, spiritual path and you know, and, and you can go off in the you know wrong way, but they take a lot of uh, the flack, you know. Right. I mean it's just it's voodoo. Voodoo does too. I have a lot of friends who, who do voodoo and, um, and just the kindest wonderful people, but they're into the natural things and things like that. It's very much like Native American if you just take all the stigma out of it. So anyway, She comes to one of my classes. She goes, I know why I took this class now. I forgot you know how to do this. She goes, I feel like I'm supposed to talk to you. And she tells me this story. She says, well, we're kind of in a bind because what I wanted to do was to show her how to shut this off, how to seal her... office shut this ability down. So she's not seeing this all the time and she can teach the little boy how to do it too. She said, I know some of it, but I brought her to a friend of mine who knows a lot more about you know, energies and things like that. And I'm like, okay. And okay. She goes, so I asked her, I invited her over to this lady's house and I said, okay, now I know where the problem is. And she goes, how do you know what happened? I said, well, I know what happened. I said, Do You have ability. She has ability. This girl has ability. I said, How long, how far did she get from the car to the front porch? Did she make it to the front porch? And she says, No, she didn't. I said, I got a few. Because now, what people don't realize is now you've got these people that are all putting off this light. And if you've ever lived in the country or you have some, you know, woods around you and you turn on your back porch light, how long does it take for the bugs? To get to that light
0: bulb,
1: instantaneous, <laughs> and kind of what it's like now. You've got this girl. It's basically it turned into a little mini like UN meeting because, yep.
3: <laughs>
1: girl, but she couldn't. She she didn't know how to talk to them. She didn't know what to say. She was just, uh, you know like just all rattled, and who wouldn't be? So. She can see them and she can hear them, but they're talking up on, some of her talk uh, are very agitated, talking on that higher frequency really quick, you know, in her face and out of her face and coming at her. And the one lady knows how to control it, but doesn't know how to talk or how to deal with the ghost. And the other lady's in between, and she's trying, so it's like mm-hmm. having, yeah. everybody's coming along the way. and. During this time, now this is why I get involved. This is because my heart goes out to the girl who doesn't know how to control this. And by God, let's get her some help to help, you know. Of course, the child as well. And I love the women for trying to help, but they didn't realize what they were bringing together there. They didn't prepare good for it, but it's just they didn't know. My heart goes out to this guy and the lady that showed up. And I said, okay, so tell me what exactly happened here and where do you need me? And she says, okay, well, there was this one lady, she was a little calmer, she was a ghost, and she was wandering, coming out of the woods towards us. And she was around, from around the 1820s, and she was looking for her children. She was calmer, and we spoke to the ghost through her and told her, you know, the time that she was in and that her children were probably on the other side. We talked to them a little bit. And we calmed her down and she decided that she was, she was going to go away. I don't think she crossed, she just went away. Um, next one was a younger man, very erratic, very out of control, very angry, extremely pissed off. Right. Uh, typical accident ghost. He, it seemed they could def- they could Break down the fact that this guy was in a car accident, uh, excuse me, a motorcycle accident uh, a couple miles up the road and was drawn to them, I guess, you know, they saw the light. So, I'm shooting over.
3: Yo. He's screaming.
1: He's screaming at her, telling her all this stuff. You've got to tell him. You've got to tell her. you got to tell her I had the ring. You've got to tell her I had the ring. And he screamed all this stuff and repeating it over and over again. And I could just imagine what all this looked like. And... It seemed to me that they got him to calm down by having her tell him, yes, they would tell her that he was going to see a ring. What is her name? Her name is Maggie, whatever it was. And I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on now? (laughs) The guy had bought a ring. He's going to ask his girl to marry him. He gets in a motorcycle accident. He gets T-boned, killed. He's there. This has happened in the late 1950s-ish, from what I gather. Um, when he was in the accident, somebody, either a passerby or somebody that came to collect the body or somewhere along the line stole the ring. Uh, that him, and he didn't go across because he wanted to get the ring back. They promised this guy that they would tell his girlfriend that he was coming... To ask her to marry him and wanted her to know. And they promised this without getting the full name, without getting anything. And I said, Oh my gosh. Yep. So now I got to go back and talk to this guy. You can't just promise these go. Do you see what it's saying? Now, what have you done?
0: It just keeps the door open and it keeps the cycle going.
1: Exactly. So that's 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 something that you know they kind of gets me. So now you got to break all this stuff. Okay, what if what does everybody eat? Okay, where's this place? I got to go here, and I got to find this guy. We got to yeah. sit down. We got to, you know, you got and it's like therapy, and it's like negotiating, and it's like, you know, what what state of mind is he in? All agitated and crazy and angry, and that happens a lot. You know, I mean, people think that, you know, okay, well, he's throwing things in the kitchen. Well, maybe that's all they can do. And then you've got ghosts on the other hand right. that might come in and sit down and have a full conversation with you.
0: Oh, yeah. You, you know, it's it's pretty interesting because I have the young, I have daughters, and both of them see things. And what's, what's great, what I love about when, when, when you experience these things or you have this, and, and those naysayers like my wife at one point, like, oh, you're crazy, whatever. But I love it when they witness it as well. Um, you were just saying it again like you're turning on your back porch light. Little little kids, girls, specifically, yeah. especially up until they, they start cycling, um, are beacons of light in a sea of darkness. And mm-hmm. apparently my daughter, somebody just appeared saw her light and came and appeared in the apartment and it actually she saw it when my wife was helping her with homework in in the outside area um and they both looked to the corner and she looked back and she's learning to handle it a little bit better but she goes did you see that and she says my wife's like see what honey she goes did you see that and she says what did you see? She goes, the man. Now my wife tells me later on, she sees this person. Um, She didn't react very well, my daughter, but you know, she stayed a little bit calm because mom was there. I just talked to our psychic about it. And apparently this guy appears out of nowhere. She goes, he just appeared because he saw your daughter at, you know, the light, the beacon and went to it. That's it. But you need to tell him to go because Mm -hmm. apparently this guy had half his face blown off. Uh, And, and my daughter is seeing that. Mm
3: -hmm. And,
0: you know, when you're, when you're six years old, five, six years old, and you see that talk about traumatic.
1: Yes. Yes. It's very much like the sixth sense and people don't realize how real that is. This stuff
3: happens.
0: And what, what what people, you know, thankfully she's my daughter and, I'm I know these things and, and how to handle these things. But I basically, you know, I, I did a little. I did a sage when they weren't there, and I told them, "Don't come back. She's not here to help you, and you're not. You're not welcome here. You need to go." And she's never seen them again. But it does. Once you, once you, once you are a beacon for these things, be it if, as a little kid or even as a psychic, it, it's you know, some people they call it a gift, and and I just I laugh at that comment because it's not a gift. When I'm I'm very empathic and it is probably the worst gift you could ever have because you just feel like crap all the time
1: <laughs> you feel it you feel it and steve steve does too and and mm-hmm. i'm telling you that's why i'm not a mall person i'm not a i it's, pick up all the stuff and it just and, and sometimes it takes weeks you yep. know, like I tell you, when I, I go out of a field on Gettysburg or whatever, it, it takes weeks. And that's why I said, you know, Amy Allen and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really cool to watch and everything else. But you don't realize what that girl goes through. It might take her days upon days. I mean, yeah. some, sometimes she's in the it's hospital. To recoup-
2: you know, yes. not just the dead, but the living. Right. I'm going to yes. the nursing home oh, and yes. got everybody in there they're whatever's inside them is trying to pull something off of me they don't even know they're doing it they're not aware of it
0: because you know especially someone who's not able to communicate properly they're 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 literally screaming at you grabbing at you saying i'm in here please help me and unfortunately we're not we don't have the ability to help um speaking of which our psychic she somehow has connected with um numerous a lot of times with serial killers and 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 what happens is she, the one of the one of the times that she's had this experience, she um, she literally wakes up middle of the night. She's having these experiences. She's she feels the serial killer hit her in the head with a bat, or whatever. Wow. She she is the victim. She sees it from the victim's perspective. She can smell it. She can feel the dirt floor. She can feel the breath, and and she goes and she she was trying to explain to me like, I don't know how they do it, but sometimes they know that that you're in there and that's Mm -hmm. the freaky part about it when you Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with someone who's like a mass murderer or a serial killer and they're doing their bidding but somehow you you connect on a psychic level and let me tell you folks you can connect and transport yourself any place in the world the galaxy wherever and Mm -hmm. literally connect as if you were shaking their hands it's Mm -hmm. very unnerving
1: it is very unnerving and you know i i i have a lot i know a lot of people too that do a lot of these missing cases you know and uh people say all the time oh well it's you know it'd be so easy just go down and tell the cops you know where the body is and i'm like
0: no (laughs) no don't ever do that
1: it doesn't work that way you know (laughs) i know one that it took weeks this girl kept showing up and telling you know, this is what's happened. This is what happened to me. It was a victim. You know, and I know who did it. Now, this case was absolutely phenomenal, and the luckily that she picked somebody that was so smart, um, because she had not uh, been a person that's worked with the police department where she had a rapport with them this was her first time right and she had to go about it in a certain way and she's driving a car taking the kids to the school and she drops off the kids and she's in the back seat you know the the, the girl and she's seeing this and you know well the girl i have to hand it a lot to uh, the poor victim here too because she uh, is so rational as a ghost Stuck in her death state. It was absolutely amazing. It actually was like a scene out of The Ghost Whisperer. It was very much like that. Right. And which is based on a real psychic, by the way. All the hoopla and everything else thrown in there, you know, uh, that's Hollywood. But that was very real in a lot of ways. So this lady's going through all this. The girl found a way to tell the psychic there's more evidence they have the evidence they just need to go over it because there's a cigarette in a cigarette pack that the guy smoked. Now this victim the Stuff that she went through, the things that human beings do to each other. Oh my god, I, yeah. I can't even fathom. But they picked her up in a, a wash in a car in one of those do it yourself wash car wash things, which I don't go to by the way, and I don't recommend anybody else do it either because you're really the, the sound is loud and you're off your guard, and you're it's so easy to trap you in one of those things. So, anyway, these two guys got her. Kept her alive. You know, took turns. All that horrible stuff. went up cutting off her head and everything else, and throwing her to the side of the road. Now, the body was found, or parts of it anyway, but they never got the guys. So she comes. She tells this lady, "They have evidence. They have evidence." The lady found a police officer that was on the case, or it was cold case. Um, got in there, talked to him, and he listened. And she said, "Why not?" I might be out of my mind, but why not go through that evidence again if you have it and the guy did it, yep. and lo and behold, when he saw that pack of cigarettes in that that had been left by one of the where the body was, one of the parts of the body, they picked it up and they put it in the evidence box, and he went and put it through DNA, and they got the guy
0: Thank God oh,
1: wow. the DNA off the cigarette, butt. now you can look. Uh, through the internet and see there are actual cases now. There's a couple where ghosts actually had a hand in (laughs) finishing the case and and getting the killers. So what an amazing thing. You know, there's a famous one where the the, the, uh, it was an Asian couple and the woman kept talking in the uh, the voice and the husband knew it wasn't her voice and she kept saying um went all the way through that one actually went to court and there was information that the ghost gave this lady it happened to be neighbors though she got killed in the apartment next door the guy came in to fix her tv raped her killed her put the mattress over and burnt the mattress trying to get rid of the body and it got put out early enough for them to catch the body and uh, that girl got the lady didn't know she was a trans medium and the information got through to the courts and by gosh they they got that guy so there are paranormal court cases that actually went through and it, it, it's amazing what's happened in, in our lifetime you oh, know
0: 100% really, it, it really is. And and this goes, bringing us to, to almost full circle that, that you know, sometimes when you pass um, by your own means, natural cause or by someone else, um, you have an ability and you have probably the vehicle to come back in some way, shape or form and to seal the book, close the book up and, and, yeah. and do what you're supposed to do, do right. I mean, um, not everybody does it. But, um, mm-hmm. it usually happens in a violent case and it, it's, it's unbelievable type of thing. It's great for Hollywood. Um, I, I think in this day and age though, with people even being more open to the paranormal and cryptids and so on and so forth, there's always going to be people like, oh, that was crazy. You're nuts. You're out of your mind. Um, yes. I know, uh, call Petrie. He's a, he's a psychic. Uh, he's done some stuff with remote viewing, viewing English swans, buddy, um, and he, he, you know, he always has people, you know, friends saying, listen, they need help. Someone's missing or this is that that's missing. And he'll mm-hmm. tell you, he'll tell them where it is, but he won't go and tell the police. And the reason why is how do you know? I mean, it it does open up a can of worms for you. Sure. It, 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 because, you know, people don't, <laughs> I've said this before, if Jesus came back right now, who's in Manhattan yes. He'd be arrested in, in Riker, in, in, in Bellevue. They'd throw <laughs> his ass so up.
1: program or it was CG or it was something else. Listen, there's so much stuff going on right now. And one of the reasons why I stay in the background and I'm just watching everything is because, you know, like for, I'm going to say 14, 15 years, I've had psychics that I've talked to that told me a lot of this stuff was going on. Yep. And some of the things that would be happening. And I'm just sitting back going, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And you try to tell people that are just coming into it with no knowledge. Like, how could that possibly be true? And I'm like, we don't want it to be true. But there's real evil in this world. And it's not just from the dead. There's a lot of evil people. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) there's a lot of evil influence. And there's um, just, you know, be careful, people. You know, not everything is crazy Looney Tunes. This, that. I mean, what's what did they say uh, back in the day? The greatest um, uh, feat the devil ever did was convincing people he didn't exist.
0: Something to that. It, yeah, it's the you truth. Know? You know, and yeah. and um, we're about three hours in. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. be honest, I can go longer, but, uh, but,
2: we can but, too. That was what I t- messaged you earlier. The only problem is going to be getting us to shut up. We yeah. can fill time. You know what, but, but
0: what I want to do is I, I figure a three hour podcast will probably kill most people. And I don't want to break this up, um, you know, for the most part, but I, I, you know, I'd love, I think if people read your book, um, uh-huh. and the guided tour, um, mm-hmm. They can get, it's not just, you know, like the good stories and, and the ghosty stories and, the, and whatever. I think they're going to get a lot of information and education from it. And they're going to be yeah. able to take away from that a lot of meaning that's between the lines and what we've been discussing tonight with that, you know, <laughs> and I, I think that's important. Um, mm-hmm. So the first thing I want to do is I want to, one, I want to say, I want to invite both you back to discuss together. I think we should have a, a round table. We need more people um, and we need some more <laughs> drinks and we should do it on oh, a, no. a time when like a, like no one has to really get up the next day.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, light for you guys. It's almost one in the morning.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a new it's,
2: time zone.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and when you have a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, an 11-year-old, it's, it's going to be fun tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Daddy's going to be a little cranky. <laughs> um, that,
1: that, that like at eight o'clock uh, I gotta take my son to a, another medical yeah. thing in the morning. so I mean I get it. but see the thing is is I hope people read the book. Steve and I put a lot of our heart into it and you know and that is exactly what the purpose of it is is read it get an idea the stories all have um, something in there that might teach you. I mean, like we said earlier, you know there's a lot of ga- uh, gathering of information and data here. We didn't jump into any conclusions. There's a couple of times where I say, I have no idea what that was, but this yeah. is exactly out it
2: <laughs> and There's you know? something in there for everybody. There's chills, there's feels, there's you know, you'll yeah. laugh, you'll cry, you'll poop your pants. You know, there's a little bit of everything in there.
0: Yeah, there's quite a bit of that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, and that, that's good. We're, like it. So we are, uh, it's available on Amazon.com?
1: Amazon Kindle just put in Cisco Murdoch. Usually, that's the quickest way. Than put, you know, it's a long title. So Amazon and paperback. Because yes, yes, we good. are getting the paperback. It's being edited and cross-referenced right now. So we're trying to get that. That's our intent. It's it's We kept it really inexpensive. You know, we just want people to get it. So right now it's ebook. book uh, We are all children in the wilderness of the afterlife, a guided tour through a haunted life. And I, we hope you enjoy it. And also, you can hear Steve and I, often Steve is my co-host on Journey Through the Gate. Uh, Paranormal Portal podcast, and that's on all the podca- uh, podcatchers. We're up to like maybe like forty episodes now. We've got some really great people on there and some really good stories. I try to keep it light, like Brian says, um, you know, but but we get into some pretty deep subjects. And I think it's uh, I'm really enjoying it, and I love having Steve on. And we have a ball. Yeah, there's up some
2: great shows. Every one of them's a winner. And then we've been on a lot of other shows too as guests. You can type. Cisco Murdoch, Steve Stockton into YouTube, and there's like probably 30 or 40 shows that'll pop up. Yep. And uh, my books, as always, uh, they're also available on uh, Amazon.com Strange Things in the Wood more strange things in the woods those are two volumes of stories that i collected and then when i talked about my books people would always say well well, what about your experiences so then there's my strange world which is an autobiographical book of some of my personal experiences and then i'm currently working on uh, a book about uh, mysteries myths and mayhem in the great smoky mountains and a book of pure ghost stories Uh, those are coming hopefully in spring of this year
0: that's awesome. Good. See, this is what's great when you when you're when you're talking with people who also podcast. You don't have to go. Where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's one. But seriously, besides that, if they wanted to get in touch with you, Steve, where can they get in touch with you somehow? If someone has some stories oh, they want
2: absolutely. to share, absolutely. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm easy to find on there, and I'm on Twitter. My at name is strange and odd. And then my email address, it's in the back of all my books. I love to hear from from readers and people with stories to tell. It's uh, Steve Stockton, and then the number is eight and one at gmail.com Steve stockton 81 at gmail.com
0: and eight. Lady Cisco i know that you're on be, facebook
1: <laughs> yes facebook is our uh, journey through the gate paranormal portal podcast gatekeepers we have a great group there uh, a lot of information a lot of people throwing stories back and forth or just supporting each other that's really cool come on in and be a member it's nice um or if you've got any ghost stories or anything else journey through the gate at com, and send me your ghost stories we, we're do you know uh, combined listener stories, or a lot of the people that just thought that they were going to be uh, a listener story wound up being an episode. So, you never know you might be on Journey Through the Gate. And something
2: the- else <laughs> we love to hear about a lot of times. If it, it happens more so when it's a live show, but when it's a pre recorded show like this, when it airs. Odd things will happen in people's homes. If anything odd goes on when you're listening oh, to this, yeah. let us know. I've had people contact me and say, I was listening to you, and this goblet shattered, or the candy dish, you know, flew off the table. Uh, the clock fell. The pictures jumped off the wall. Anything out of the ordinary when you're listening to this show, let us know about We'd love to hear from you.
0: Oh, that that happens all the time. I mean, I, th- I don't think there's, I mean, even on my shows, when I'm doing the, the you know, because I'm a producer of the show as well, and when I'm going through the audio, you can hear, there are EVPs. Um, yeah. I don't stop and take the time to listen to, to all of them, but there's EVPs. <laughs> I always, I like to do experiments when I do podcasts. So uh, I try to do an experiment when I had uh, Robert Vanderbrook on. Uh, where I asked everybody to get an apple and see if you, anything appeared on the apple or take pictures and stuff, but that's that's not unusual <laughs> in our realm here. Um, I've had that
2: happen. Like I, I do a show with somebody, and then afterwards, you know, when we're doing the the wind down, they say, well, "Who was that?" I kept hearing somebody whispering in the background. Was somebody telling you what to say? I'm like, I'm here with my dog, and my dog is asleep. So no, whatever you heard, well, if it wasn't on your end, it was something you know here close to my microphone. But yeah, I've I've heard things that weren't. I've heard things fall and things that you know that there was nothing here, and supposedly wasn't yep. on the other end. So
0: it's really you know. funny, actually. If you listen to the last podcast I did with Justin Rimmel, thank you, Cisco, because <laughs> that wouldn't have happened. You know, Justin Justin got off before I can get all his details. Um, there's a ton, uh, there's a ton of, um, things and whispers and, and, you know, it's all over that podcast. And I think it's a combination of both Justin and myself. Um, but also, um, coming up this May, uh, there's going to be the sixth annual New Jersey Paranormal Expo and I will be there. I will, me as well as Ron Murphy, um, Tom Conwell, uh, he's a big UFO guy in New York State, but Ron and I are also going to be a part, uh, part of this, and we're going to do the uh, the Cryptid Paranormal History and UFOs uh, for this event. It's the first time they're doing it. It's May 18th, and I'm hopefully uh, we'll see Cisco there. Um, and if you are there, that's a great place to premiere your book and sell yeah. um, get yes, and- it. Get your autograph.
3: and
1: about it. I'm also going to be at the Gettysburg Bash. I'm trying to get Steve to come all the way out there, and maybe we can get on there to Gettysburg and have some battlefield uh, experiences what, there. But when is that? Gettysburg, that is going to be, I believe, this August. Um, it may be in July. I could be wrong because I know the date got moved a couple times because right. they got an issue. But uh, that's out there. Check into it. We had an absolute blast with uh, KSPS and, you know, my friends Dave and Jim out great. there. And, uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, thing. It, a lot of it goes to wounded vets, uh, the proceeds, and uh, kids with uh, fighting cancer. So it's not only a great paranormal weekend in a fantastic spot, but it goes to a good uh a really good uh, couple causes there, so it's wonderful. It really is. So paranormal, you'd be surprised how much the paranormal world really does for uh, people and keeping historic oh, yeah. places going. Um, there's a lot of that going on, and that's very cool too. So it's not just a bunch of people on podcasts talking about ghost stories. I no. mean, it is, but it isn't. there's a lot coming out of this, and that makes me very proud to be a part. So oh, uh, we look forward okay. to coming back on your show sometime. Oh, you know, anytime. Steve and I. The good yeah.
0: stuff. You've got the, the keys. Talk. You got the keys to the house, kids. Uh, I mean, yeah. you definitely got the keys to the house. And you know what's really good? I don't, I don't know. Maybe I could get you. You hooked up with um, Ocean State because uh, one of the first ones I've ever been to was about uh, two years ago. I went to Ocean State. They raise money um, the last two years for battered women, uh, battered shelters. So, and it's not just women; it's men, it's children. And um, anytime I can be a part of something that helps others out. Um, that's that's what i'm all about uh i I, i'm always giving more than i get and it gets (laughs) frustrating sometimes but uh you know what i don't have to see your face i don't have to i don't want to thank you it's my pleasure to to give back to people and try to help and i think that's what we've been talking about here tonight yeah Um,
1: absolutely each other like bill and ted said each other
0: (laughs) yep be excellent to each other bill and ted right
1: yes absolutely man uh,
0: if I wasn't going to get sued by Gene Simmons I'd pray God God gave rock and roll to you at the end of this broadcast um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but Gene's an absolute dick so he'd sue everybody um, Paul is a different, different candidate though um, but I thank you both for coming on um, I wish I could stay a little bit longer but um, okay. at this point, um, I probably would be dead tomorrow. Yeah,
2: got something to look forward to for the next time. So. Yes,
1: definitely. To enjoy it, pass it along. There's a lot of good information in there, and thank you so much for having us on, yeah, Brian. You know, I yeah. love you. Too, right?
0: Yep. It was great. I, love you too, Cisco. Steve, it's been a pleasure, and it's like thanks. reconnecting with a long lost relative. Yep. The only yep. thing I wish thanks. we had a little more time with, and I think maybe next time we'll, <laughs> we'll go political and we'll talk about Q.
2: Yeah, I'd love um, to delve I, into the conspiracy I, yes, theories so True yep. crime I, I chase a lot of rabbit holes <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know what It's really funny I think we've jumped into too many rabbit holes um, And Elmer Fudd's hunting us <laughs> 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 On that note folks This has been another episode Of Novo Boomy with me Brian Bowden Again thanking Steve Stockton And Sissel Murdoch For joining us on this crazy rabbit hole tour See you next time. Bye. Hey, this is Brian Bowden. I want to extend a deep thanks to Purple Planet. You guys rock. You're listening to Nobo Boomi, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. The opinions expressed on Dobo Boomy are of that of the host and his guests there are spirits everywhere watching waiting seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other Mm. they fill our worlds with so much seriously you didn't just do that on the promo what's wrong with you I thought you were professional G- go away go I-, I got it I got it Why don't you burp next time? Someone get me Brian Anderson.